Okay. Cut this out. Please cut this out, Sue. Please. Hi, guys. Oh. Who's loud? Everybody's loud for me. Hang on. Hmm. Nobody <laughs> comes in this room except to podcast, so I have to move some things so I can find a place to sit down. Yeah, I just had Who to else podcasts from that room? No, what I, I mean nobody is nobody ever that, goes like, in there except to podcast. So what? What other podcasts is your family? This is a, like a, a, a. It's a room where junk is put. So like, there's junk on the couch, and I can move. Hey, the podcast is a junk. Like, <laughs> I said, other than being podcasting, there's a lot of junk in this room. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There are rooms stuff. like that. What? There's lots of stuff in the room. Stuff in the room. Yes. Okay, there's lots stuff of stuff. Stuff is a useful word. I don't know what these keys open. Are you Something gonna try it out on air? Are you gonna try it out on air? I, mean, I don't really. I think that would be Hello? a fascinating podcast. I tell you, going around all the doors in the house and seeing which doors the keys open. Sounds really good. It's like the lost room. <laughs> I just just watched that um, a little while ago. It finally came up on my list. I added it a year or two ago, and Ryan was talking about it at the time. Wow. What so, was it? The Lost Room was a miniseries from the mid-late 90s, I think. Okay. There's a, like a serious motel room that uh, everything within this room, at some point in 1960, whatever, gained mysterious powers. And there are people all over the world who are trying to collect them or destroy them or do whatever with them. We have a police detective from somewhere or other who just comes across one basically by accident and get introduced to everything through him. It was interesting. Interesting. Reminds me of a logic puzzle that I read in a short story once. There are a number of rooms in this house and the owner of the house really liked locks and keys. So every door locked and only one key would open one door and there's an even number of rooms in the house so how did he lock every door and yet still die inside let's not do a logic puzzle after the one that mike brought to the podcast where's the the missing dollar the tv show is more the key to the motel room now opens any door anywhere with a yale key and goes to the motel room when you open it. That's so dangerous. You open oh, your I thought you were going to say you could like, open everybody's door and steal the their stuff. Motel room. <laughs> uh, hang on a minute, guys. Trisha, talk. No, we Ooh. cannot hear you. That was a great sound. I hope we recorded that. We are. <laughs> I don't know if I'm recording myself, but... Yes. Hey. There Almost. you are. Got me now? Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. not sure what happened. You were here originally. You're very low, though. Okay. Um. Here. Let me Sounds see. normal to me. I love it when she does that sound. That's a fantastic sound. I'm just sound. You're doing what? The thing on my um, headphones is supposed to be a mute, and I, I can't read it anymore. There's three settings, and one's mute, and I can't read it anymore, so I don't know which is one. Is one mute, and one is funny sound? I think so. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. <laughs> the funny sound is just me flipping the switch. Uh, my old headset did that, because Ryan was like, he knew every time I went on mute, because it went click. Right. Yours sounds like one of those spring stops they used to put behind we, the doors. Yeah, we have a sound effect that sounds just like that. It's like the boomerang. Is it the? It sounds like the boomerang. It, it does kind oh, of have the boomerang. I don't, I, I don't hear it, so I don't know what it sounds like. <laughs> we'll have to capture it and play it for you sometime. Yeah. I'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How about that? It's a novel idea. The only reason I didn't make it all the way through was because I have had a heck of a day. No, let me tell you, listening to your GPS is always a bad idea. 
What did it do? <laughs> well, it apparently, uh, well, when I, I first put the address into the GPS, I put the wrong town, but that was, you know, several weeks ago. Well, I never actually used it to get there, so it's just been sitting in the GPS being mm-hmm. wrong, never being used. I used it today because I was going directly there the wrong from place. work, and I was led to completely the wrong place. And it's a, an unusual name. It's not a street or a road. It's a circle. And apparently in this town, which is nearby, there are two places called Johnson Circle. <laughs> That's not I happy. Was, oh, Recalculating. When Scott mm-hmm. was here, we did that with my GPS, I think, three times. We put in the wrong street, court, road, circle, or whatever it was, and it mm-hmm. took us to the wrong place several times. Well, we had an address, mm-hmm. but the address that we're given doesn't have northwest or southeast or whatever on it, so you go to the wrong quarter of the town. Or... Oh, I hate yeah. streets like that where it's like something like one, two, three, like Main Street, northeast. The GPS doesn't know. So there's like southeast, northwest, you know, southeast, but the GPS doesn't know the difference. I hate driving in Michigan where if you're looking at a map of the town, as long as they are in a straight line, they are the same road, even if it's not contiguous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to come and try to travel in Pittsburgh. It's pretty bad. Mm. <laughs> no don't thanks. go to the UK. Just don't go to the UK. We apologize to you know all we people have- in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, oh, don't worry. They, say, they think the same thing. We apologize like, for PS's yeah, rampant hatred of our British brothers and <laughs> sisters. There, I have our highways like ninety-five north and ninety-five south. You know, and so you know what direction you're going. They would have like mm-hmm. they have like, like the M5 to Town X or the M5 to Town Z. So you have to know, mm-hmm. like, well, it'd be like if ninety-five was like ninety-five New York and ninety-five Miami, and you had to know that you know Baltimore was south of where you were to, and you were headed in the direction of Miami. You know, you couldn't just hop on ninety-five south. You would go in the direction of Miami. So all it says. On the sign is 95 Miami. I like what we have around here where the same road is both north and south. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, well, that 95 was a, north, a 128 that's, south. That's here, Melinda, isn't it? I think we talked about that one time. Mm. This might have been before your time. I think this was like one of the first ones I was on. Hmm. If a listener finds this episode, I will give you five house points. Can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? Sure. <laughs> I'm sure we could. I don't it see out. any reason why not. You are right. you are the headmistress. <laughs> okay, I guess I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> Given what Dumbledore did at the end of the first book, you know. Yeah. I just changed everything because I feel like it. <laughs> Neville, you get five points for being Neville. Yay, Neville! <laughs> <laughs> So speaking yeah. of Neville, mm-hmm. I was pleased to see that he's not present in this fic. Well, Most of the times when you see Marauder's well. fics, it's just, you know, clones of the existing characters. You know, there's a Harry, there's a Hermione, there's a Ron, there's a Ginny somewhere, there's a Draco, and it never feels real. I liked the story, at least what I've read so far for tonight, because mm-hmm. it feels like these are people. Yeah, I mm-hmm. stumbled onto this when she was posting it regularly. And I really liked it. And I know that she's done part of the second year, but then she moved Ooh. to Seattle. I think Seattle. And she stopped. Came the four- she's just about like, to start I think again. She's just too busy for moving. I hope, I think she's going to come back to it. I have a feeling. I mean, yeah. we're, she's a friend of mine on Lab Journal, but I haven't read this before yet. But I think she, she's been saying that she wants to try to get back to writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I half expect her to be back for very long. I think her second yeah, latest so. post is something about having finally unpacked everything or something like that. And so mm-hmm. she's ready to 
start writing again. Sue here, your friendly neighborhood editor, with this message. At this point, she has several chapters of her second year, and she has just recently updated it. So, yay, she is updating and writing again. We're very happy. Excellent, because I really enjoy the style and, and the quality of the writing, which is a huge thing for me. It can be the greatest plot, but if it's poorly written and, and the language is just unreadable, mm-hmm. I don't care. I won't read it. Right. She has another That's always one. unfortunate when there's a story that looks like it could be really, really good, but they haven't managed to bring it off. Mm-hmm. It always makes me sad. There was another one that was in the running of this for hers, and it's the twins, and they were trying out a new Which spell. twins? Fred and George, and they were trying out a new spell <laughs> going down diagonally, and they get caught by the Death Eaters, and one of them is killed. And by the time the second one gets home, they don't kill the second one because they know that will be worse for him. And by the time the second one gets home, he doesn't remember which one he is. Ooh. Oh. And then That's interesting. That sounds interesting. I know what to do. Yes. Let's do the intro. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. For Sunday, March 11th, this is episode 139. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. And also, season five. Hey, Ron. The next time. Yeah. In this episode, we feature typically Pufuanian on-topic discussion. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional people. <laughs> no, they're not! <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. I ought to think we please where the story lands. Well, welcome to season five of Potter Fick Weekly. Woo! <laughs> wow, season five. I know. I know, it's weird. And yet we're just as insane as ever. Always. I would argue we are more insane. I'll drink that to is that. possible. Me too. I'm drinking sweet. Trying to we drink. Need to, we need to hammer out the details. God, we're not even through the intro when everyone's drunk. It's terrible. I'm Sue. Uh, not good. Like right. I'm death roll. <laughs> I'm P.S. I'm not drunk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did we get everything? I'm, I'm Trisha. And Trisha's got a drinking game going, so. Mm-hmm. You never know what might happen by the end. Yeah. I'll probably be passed out. All right. This is going to be fun. <laughs> She'll be giggling, snorting, and passed out. What it are the rules like- of the drinking game? The only rule is this yeah, you have sorry, to I drink. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're not going to tell you the rules of the drinking game. Just know we're drinking. I didn't bring anything to drink, but you guys have fun. Okay. I only have water. I'm not drinking tonight. That's a, that's I have unsweetened iced tea. Well, that, that's Where's your beer? Fun. Yeah, if it's not a oh, it's not a podcast, if Dethel doesn't have beer. I was worried about the dog knocking. <laughs> oh, yeah, that dog. I'm sure the podcast can survive. Yes. Dethel, are it you may. still there? Oh, there you are. You you dropped I'm off here. the last word that you were saying. And Oh, I did? I'm sorry. It's okay. I just wanted to make sure we hadn't lost you. I know this well, is here. very difficult for us, but I'd like to try to not rely so heavily on going chapter by chapter and just hitting the highlights so that wow. we're not on the phone for six wow. hours because Death Roll said he'd like to go to bed at a reasonable time. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Define reasonable. <laughs> I think Death Roll said he had yeah. two hours Midnight. and we're already 30 minutes in, so I think we're in big trouble. Yeah, this could be fun, but I didn't finish the chapter, so I have to leave early so it works out. 
to start yeah. off at the beginning would be a usual place to start. In the beginning. I love Why? the first Why line. would we do that? Oh, wait. Before we do any of this, we need to say that we are reading a conspiracy. Oh, yeah. They don't. <laughs> These people don't know what the fic is. Cartographers. It is a conspiracy of cartographers, which for those of you who do not know, is a map. A map is a cartograph. And it took oh, me a, a little while to act. Yeah, it took me a little while to connect that this is the conspiracy of the map makers, aka the Marauders map, aka the Marauders. There you go. Mm-hmm. And it's written by people. And it is also a line from literature. Oh gosh, here we go with PS's lines from literature again. It is from Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. There you Not go. Not Gilbert and Sullivan, are we sure about this? Uh, Mr. Google said so. I hope Scott laughed because he got it and he's not just trying to cover the awkwardness there. When we were discussing uh, Barb's fic, there was a musical joke in there and we kept saying it was the wrong musical. Of course. Mm-hmm. We're good at that. We're good like that. I, I thought this was pretty ingenious, the first um, the, pro- the, the first prologue on this and how Remus got it. I thought it was very, I don't know, it was one of the first ones I'm like, you know what, that makes sense. Kinda. This was the most interesting. I would say this is the most original Remus fighting I've ever seen. Yeah, I haven't read a yeah. lot of them, but I thought it was pretty good. I like that Grin. Uh, Usually, he's just wandering around outside after dark. Right. No, it's Finn yeah. Grayback, yeah. and he's a child molester. And it's like you want a piece of candy, little boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah. You know, it starts the very first line. The first time Remus Lupin died, he was six years old, and that just and you know instantly up. what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I also thought it was very interesting that he dreams of a large black dog that is his friend. Aww, and his name is Hadley. Yes, Miss. It's Pat. destiny. I have no idea where that comes from. It's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And yet the dreams are basically killed by becoming a werewolf as well, because mm. he's been he dreaming of this. He's been having this dream for a number of years, and then once he's bitten. He stops having the dreams for another five years. Right. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's a great way because he's at the beach with his family for his birthday and he goes for a walk. And as he's walking, he encounters this man who tries to entice him away with candy. And he's smart enough not to go. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. But he's not, but he's really not smart, smart enough to go back to his parents. He sort of goes further along down the beach. Well, I think that was sort of an accident because when he tried to run away from him, he ran he, the wrong direction. He went the wrong, he way, the wrong way, and he couldn't figure out how to get back kind of past him. And so he just kept going, and then he kind of forgot about him again. Yeah. And then the but then once he out. looked back, the man wasn't there. You'd think he would go, okay, I can go back now, but mm-hmm. apparently not. Oh, well. He's well, a he six-year-old like child. Dead. He's got brains made of marmalade. Right. Yeah. Um, this is true. As Bill Cosby would say, children have brain Wait, what would Bill Cosby say? Children have brain damage. Yes, he has brain damage. Brain damage. There you go. But the reason why the curse works is because all children have brain damage. You come in the room with a Coca-Cola. You set it down, you go to get a newspaper. Child comes walking in, grabs the drink, starts to, you say, give me that. Didn't I just tell you not to drink it? The child says, aha. Now tell me what I said. You said, what tonight for to drink the drink? Well, why did you do it? I don't know. 
Children have brain damage. Yes. Well, I liked the setup. It, it was very cute. It was very family. I like Remus's mom suggesting that all werewolves should wear the yellow star. I like Remus's dad trying to establish some cover your ass provisions for werewolves. You know, a place where they can say, yeah. I, w- I went to the ministry and I was locked up all night and 16 ministry officials verified it. I didn't bite anybody. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. And I actually I like get some echoes of Arthur Weasley in that. Remus's father works for the Department of Regulation and Control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think what, it was in the third, second book, third book, third book, when he meets him and he, and he says, my dad angered Grayback when he was younger. So that's probably, that's, I thought that was a good Oh, you're right. He did, that is canon. So, yeah, there would have had to be a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. That wasn't from the third book because um, we never heard of Grayback yeah, until. Yeah, but it was, it, it is canon. But yeah. Okay, sorry. I couldn't remember. But I do remember Mm -hmm. saying my dad angered him. Right. Mm -hmm. And playing off of that, something I really liked is that he can't continue to have his job as a minister official in that department because he is closely related to someone who is a magical creature now and it's a conflict of interest. It's very sensible. And it's a a sharp contrast to all these other fics you see where, oh, this person is perfectly suited to this job. He's got family who are affected by this. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the same time... It fits much more with the ministry as we've seen them in the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're idiots. But I agree, it is too bad that that is the case. Because, of course, any sort of moderating influence that... Mr. Lupin was already trying to bring in is now going to be thrown out because, oh, obviously he's just uh, worried about his son or whatever. Right. Yeah, his judgment is deemed to be flawed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. he would he wouldn't make the real right decision that a logical, reasonable person would come to. He's going to make the emotional decision because it's his kid. Right, and the ministry doesn't I like, care. I like the magical creatures they introduce too. I don't know if they ever have any impact on the rest of the story. They haven't so far, but just that his dad and he go exploring, and he points out little magical things to him because as a wizard he knows where they are and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I I did enjoy that. The lessons about herbology and at least as far as like finding plants and weeds and such in the tide pools and and so forth. Mm -hmm. And the Cassandra crab and a certain kind of snail and stuff like that. And actually, that's all I was just thinking about that. Later on in my notes, I actually say that Remus is Neville because he's he's good at herbology and he can't fly. And horrible at potions. Yep, and he couldn't fly. So to a certain extent, Yes, but well, usually you see that it's Peter Pettigrew, who's the Neville sort, right? And mm-hmm. it was it was nice to see Remus. Too, but yeah, eh, I don't know. I, I never saw Neville following anybody else around like Peter does. Mm-hmm. Neville, no. Neville makes, makes me wonder what Neville a, was doing for the first four years at Hogwarts. What's I mean, I sort of wonder what Neville was doing for the first four years at Hogwarts. Well, I think he was supposed to be friends with Dean and Seamus as well, although they were better friends with each other than they were with him. He might have been friends with Ginny because they go to the Yule Ball together, so maybe he was friends with Ginny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Could have been friends with Justin since they were in herbology. Never know. Yeah, he could have been friends with Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> so we we totally skipped over the second prologue, which is Sirius's birthday. I like I that like Mrs. Black is inviting girls over, and he's only six. Well, you've got yeah. to meet the right. And girls. Bellatrix, Bellatrix tries to slip in some tongue, and she's <laughs> oh, that was wrong. Yeah. and he's like six. I know. I said, <laughs> spin the wand with Bella. Gross. 
I know. Yeah. I, was, I was just like, oh. She's only, what, 13, and she's already a little nuts. Yeah. I'd say a lot. Nuts. Just, more than nuts. This is like, Bellatrix needs to not, as nuts as she not has, live near uh, a pool. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, really liked, I really liked how Sirius was all grossed out at the thought of kissing, and it just reminded me so much of Fred Savage in Princess Bride. Do we have to hear the kissing part? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was grabbing sound clips yesterday, and I watched that bit. So. Oh, well, you'll have to grab it and send it to me for this. <laughs> of gentle conversation. I will always come for you. But how can you be sure? This is true love. Oh, no. Is this a kissing book? No. It's as real as the feelings you feel. You're kissing again. Someday you may not mind so much. I really like how Sirius and Regulus' interaction with Creature was. It was that it went really well with Canon, at least with mm-hmm. I would think how their reaction mm-hmm. were. Apparently, they already don't like each other, even though he hasn't right. been quite as rebellious a child yet. Creature helps Sirius out of bed, and I I comment, no wonder Sirius doesn't like Creature very much if Regulus did this sort of thing all the time. Mm-hmm. 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 And yeah. it's and he- echoes of the Canon, and you start to see where things come from, and. Mm-hmm. I would have the idea that any time Regulus can't get him to do something, he probably does either call for Creature or his parents. Because right. he really wants him? to do stuff with Reg- his brother, but it's Regulus? Regulus? Regulus. I, like I pronounce it with the J sound, but yeah. Yeah. Whatever. One of them is right, I'm sure. <laughs> I thought that he was very articulate for a four-year-old boy. Yeah, I was there. Both articulate for a four. I gotta say, I thought um, Regulus seemed too old, and I thought Remus's sister seemed too little for three. Because she's three, yeah, she's pretty. three, and she's 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 putting food in her hair. That seems too young for three. Oh, I don't know. Some three-year-olds still do that. <laughs> I can't I was going to say, I can't say anything. Mine's almost nine and he still puts food in his hair. I mean, I have a picture, I have a picture of my son with ketchup on his, on his cheek and I'm looking at him like, what is that? It's ketchup. <laughs> well, she also seems to be speaking like one word at a time. She's like, pretty. Yeah. I could see the blacks having tutors. Right. So their children will learn everything as young as possible, you know, elocution right. lessons and all of that because pure bloods have to speak properly and yeah. And, you know, I work with four-year-olds and some of them can talk like this, so it's not totally out of the realm. And like you said, Scott, if they had tutors, that would make sense. But I just kind of thought as an average four-year-old, he he just seemed to be very articulate. So he's got a good Mm -hmm. Head Start teacher. That's all I got to say. Oh, no, he wouldn't go to Head Start. (laughs) Oh, of course not. Far too common. Yes. I did like the I found it interesting that they both have the same um, nursery rhyme in the two prologues. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. It's like a psychic yeah. connection. It was in italics. I didn't read it. Uh, of course. I didn't yeah. realize Mike had joined us. <laughs> <laughs> I take my cues from him sometimes. <laughs> Look, Michael, if you, if you put it in Word and took out all the formatting, you wouldn't know it was in italics, would you? I liked that the well, books were playing for- werewolves. Mm-hmm. And then Sirius has his list of things that annoy the parents. Yes, and that's one of them. Yes, all children have that list. That's true. They have a list of the larger one. Trisha? One thing that kind of, 
I could see Sirius being the, in here, being the little rebel that he is, uh, when annoying his parents and stuff like that, but then going to the next chapter, how he's trying to make them happy, trying to be with the right people and stuff like that. It, to me, for me, it threw me off. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. It was nice because it was different, because so many fix have Sirius being this little rebel from birth and glad he's in Gryffindor, yeah. but I was glad Plenty. to see that he had internalized the pure blood message and that he was upset to be in Gryffindor. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I li- and I like that especially bought the stuff cuz he's obviously going to be in Slytherin. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Well, I think that comes back to the toast at the birthday party where his father says to my son, Sirius Orion Black, the pride and promise of our house, may he ever be faithful to his duty and safeguard the sanctuary of his blood and ours and generations to come. I mean, he's been indoctrinated to this forever. And I think that he would love to do anything he can to pick out his parents because that's just the way he is. But he also has that mentality. I am a black. I am going to be the king of Slytherin. And when he walks into the train station, he is going to be king. And I think mm-hmm. that's more where that plays in rather than really mm-hmm. obeying his parents. Right. He's yeah. showing off. Well, it, it echoes what he says in Order of the Phoenix when he's describing growing up. He says, my parents who thought that to be a black practically made you royalty. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And to a kid that age, bugging your parents isn't going to be the same thing as um, like throwing off everything they believe. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. Don't, you don't get to that stage of rebellion that early. Right. Some people don't at all, but, you know. And he has also learned that rebellion and going too far is severely punished. Right. Like, there's a scene in here where he he knows, oh, I need to apologize to Dad. Yeah, I'm very sorry. I have brought shame upon myself. And, and his father just sort of... Mm. Yeah, and doesn't his mom yeah. slap him across the face at one point? I think so. I'm sure yes. she does. Yeah. He probably sure. deserves it. We do get to see the beginnings, or probably not the beginnings, but one occasion of her being acting like her portrait, anyway. Yep, I was mm-hmm. thinking that. I was thinking this is a portrait. I, I did. Yeah, I love that, and it was very, very well connected. I love how they're gossiping about all these girls they're inviting to the party. And like, well, we can invite oh, this one, we can invite that one. Scandal with that no. brother. And Molly is saucy. Oh, yes. Can we talk about Molly? Molly, saucy Molly Pruitt. <laughs> and they're looking down yes. even on Narcissa because she's blonde. Yes. Oh. Oh, the whole Well, it wasn't just in the Potterfic Weekly that was just released, the first Teddy Lupin. We talk about that Narcissa isn't really a black and that, you know, it, her father was maybe the milkman or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> the potions man, door to door potions man. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. The potions man. The idea of the black parents listening to Potterfic Weekly uh, scares me deeply. <laughs> Yeah, we'd be hexed big time. Don't open any mail. Speaking of scandal, I would like to say that I picked up immediately that Uncle Alfred is gay. As soon as he brought his friend. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever read a fic where Alfred isn't gay. I mean, if he's in the fic, he's gay. I I don't know why he's gay, but I've read several fics where he's Well, it's a reasonable explanation for why he would have been disinherited. Yeah. I suppose. Oh, my God. He could could marry a muggle. Well, he did. Mm -hmm. It was just a muggle man. Uh, (laughs) Was it a muggle man? I I want to know which country gay marriage was legal in. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was a joke, P.S. 
Oh, sorry. I, I, I was confused for a second. I thought you were saying it was a muggle man. I was just being silly. Like, that would be not even allowed. No, it wouldn't. And you can tell that Sirius has a pretty good relationship with this uncle, because this uncle's kind of lecturing him on, you know, being nice to his brother and, and stuff like that, and he's mm-hmm. very gentle. He Wasn't Alfred not even invited, and he just showed up unexpectedly? Oh, yeah, I think he did. I think so, yeah. And his was the best present, of course. Of course. Of course. That's all right. I found out the other day that for uh, the children of some friends of mine, a couple of years ago, I had a lot of money and I, I was you know, the generous one who gave all, all the presents because I could. And my present is by far the coolest because not only did Christopher take possession of uh, his blanket, but I got another one for his brother and he took possession of that one too. <laughs> I give the cool presents. The Star Wars theme fuzzy blanket and Chris just took both of them and he says, ha ha ha, I have that. Wow. Yep. Did you tell him that leads to the dark side? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. You don't know the power of the dark side. So we have Uncle Alfred and his friend being kicked out of the house because they were snogging in the pantry. I have a, just a general Red, question. No idea what's discussion. going on. Okay. In the beginning of this, we see Sirius tries to give Creature clothes. Right. And I'm just curious as to whether or not that would even work. It might not at that oh. point. I don't know if he counts because as a master enough. We, we look at Canon and we see that Hermione's knitting all of these hats and leaving them all over the place. One, I don't know how she expected that to work because she's leaving them places for elves to pick up. It's right. not like she's giving to But they them. still wouldn't um, pick them up. Yeah, they, they still wouldn't pick them up. They thought it was insulting. But can you even free an elf that's not yours? And can you free an elf if you're not the head of the family? Harry threw... Harry didn't have... Oh, no, less because Lucius threw the sock. Never mind. Yeah. Harry um, tricks Lucius into freeing Dot. I know, I know. I remembered that. Yeah. But I read... Which one is it? There, there's a fic... I'm, thinking i was thinking maybe dangerverse but i'm not sure about that where the kids were playing yes where the kids were playing mm-hmm. catch with a pair of socks ball of socks yeah yeah and they he came in and took it and said you know you can't do this what if he had caught it and that would have freed him so in this universe at least there might be a provision for because Sirius is the heir But Mm. um, I don't know. I could also see it working out where if Creature caught those, he would then go to either the master or the mistress and say, do you really mean this? And they could say, no, no, of course not. And it would be fine. But I don't know. Yeah, because Even if he did manage to accidentally trigger the magic, he'd go back and say, please take me back. Yeah, Creature would not want to be freed. It makes me wonder, like, what house elf magic is because if you free a house elf and it doesn't want to be free, can it still keep working for you? You know, just because it wants to? I don't think so because Winky wanted to and Winky had to leave. Winky did not want well, to. Well, she was fired, though. Yeah, yeah, she was fired. But she was given clothes. But right. she was fired. It's I mean, it's not like thing. if you... It's, well, but it's not like there's no she distinction was, between being house elf, fired and I mean, being given they, clothes. Right. No, yeah. say a well, creature had been had caught the clothes. Like when you get fired, they you say know. you got your pink slip. With elves, that could be quite no, 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 literally. No. You got I'm your. I'm saying, pink if it was an accident, would it still be magically binding? Right, and that's what we're not mm. sure about. I think probably Winky could have stuck around and worked for them if she really wanted. Well, she did, obviously, but they didn't want her, so she wouldn't because she respects them too much for that. She respects the customs, like oh, if mm-hmm. um, if Dobby for example, had caught the sock but actually hadn't wanted to be freed, Dobby probably would have hung around because that's Dobby. 
mm-hmm. but someone like Winky might not, you know. Right. Uh-huh. Good question, Deathwolf. Thank you. I'm not sure we answered. I that. have all the good. No, I'm not sure either, but it's a good discussion point because it's it's all over the place in fix. There's no really agreed upon standard of behavior for this, and so it's an interesting question to put out for discussion. Right. We're way off course. Well, chapter one picks up basically almost at the oh, end. Oh, we weren't of going the chapter by chapter. Prologue again. Well, we can well, go chapter by exactly, chapter, but, but we're not going to scroll through and talk about it like we usually do. We're hitting the highlights. Ah, very good. So, Oh, no. Cat's going crazy. It's <laughs> oh, all right. I have a puppy on my lap, so. Soon. I just got an email about a dog. Mm, we, we thought it was a Great Pyrenees lab mix, but now they're thinking it's a Great Dane lab mix, so I don't know. Ooh, that's going to be big. The one we were looking at is a lab that was chained in the backyard so long that the choke chain was embedded in his neck and they had to use the bolt cutters and cut it off. And oh. So oh. we inquired about him, but they said he chases birds and we can't have him with the chickens and rabbits. So he's not a good one for us, but uh. we're going to see about maybe going down and meeting Cole to see because the deer and the raccoons and stuff are eating everything. But now we're off track. So, Scott. Us? Take, no. Take us back to chapter one. We're never off track. Never. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Um, oh, poor Remus. This, this just broke my heart. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of he's counting to try and not think about everything else. Mm-hmm. It's his way of getting through it. Because he does mm-hmm. not want to cry in front of his family. Right. And we just trying have that strong. one. Trying to be brave. Vignette. So that's probably where trying to be brave like a Gryffindor. See, yeah, already it's taking shape. There's just that one bit Um, where he's uh, back at six years old, and then we skip to eleven again. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talks about his first time. It doesn't sound like they prepared him. I liked. For when he turned. No, they haven't. Well, they don't expect that he's gonna. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. When he it sounds like they haven't prepared him for his transformation. Right. They, you know. How can you prepare something for that, though? That's true. But they don't you know when they're not werewolves. Tell him something was going to happen. It how do you make anyone? Like he knew. I mean, they, make, they made him strip off his clothes. That, let alone a six-year-old. Uh, that's true. But, you know, he they took him there. They made him strip off his clothes, walk naked into a room, and close the door. How frightening. It, and then yeah. the worst thing in his life happened to him. I, I give him some assurances. Say, you know, something terrible is going to happen, but you're going to be fine. In the, something. You can just imagine mm-hmm. this. Well, I thought they explained to him out. why he was going there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It does say he's learning a I lot think of words. They did, but he didn't really understand. I mean, he heard the words uh, lycanthropy, lunar cycle, but he doesn't really understand. Right. Okay. I thought so. So it's it's not a question that they're not trying to prepare him. It's just there is no way to prepare for this. Okay. No. I mean, how can you explain? Yeah. How can you totally explain that to a, a six-year-old? Sometimes it's like, how can you explain that even to an adult with what they were going through, and they have sometimes a more understanding of it. Right. It sounds like they might have tried to explain mostly while he was still in shock, and then they haven't really once he came out of it, because they're kind of in mm-hmm. shock, too, I guess. That's a fair statement, too. Because they probably right. could have gone over things a little more uh, closer to the actual full moon and stuff like that, but I don't know what... This is a I imagine they were fairly too. distracted as well. Yeah, I'm yeah sure They're not thinking clearly either. Awful for all of them. But yeah, Something the, I thought was interesting is that they've pretty much withdrawn from the Wizarding World because right. Remus' mother is a muggle. 
father's a wizard, but he's lost his job, as we said, because of the conflict of interest. They think Remus is magical, but he's a, a werewolf, so they don't expect that he's going to be any part of society or going to be allowed to go to school. And Natalie isn't magical either, or his right. sister. So it's a shock when Dumbledore shows up with that letter and the offer. Right. Yeah. And how sweet is Remus? So Dumbledore walks in, and Remus's eyes are, you know, like huge. Natalie's eyes are huge, and Dumbledore hands him the letter. And Remus figures out, oh, wow, he's inviting me to Hogwarts. And he hands it back because he says, you know, he thinks to himself, when, when Dumbledore hands him the letter, he thinks to himself, because he touches him, he shakes his hand or something, and Remus says, he wouldn't touch me if he knew. And he gets the letter, oh. and he figures it out, and then he gives it back, and he says, you know, you don't understand. There's no way. And Dumbledore's like, even a werewolf deserves a good education. And I just, just wanted to give him a hug. Oh, yeah, because nobody else has voluntarily touched him, you know? Once they mm -hmm. know he's a werewolf, nobody will touch him, except for his family. And his parents mm -hmm. kind of hesitate for the first while, anyway. Yeah, he notices that. Because he notices that the only one who's really natural with before there was nothing. Mm -hmm. Because this is all she's ever known. Right. Yeah. yeah she treats him matter of factly. Because she's the only one that doesn't remember what it was like before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How sad is it that his mm -hmm. first accidental magic? So he finally gets to know he is a wizard while he's fending off back. a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm a wizard. Hey, I'm getting attacked by a werewolf. Great, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked. I like. Um, okay. I like how they're running into that. Can someone say how, Diagon Alley? Thank you. But it was. There I you thought go. It was me. No, I know. It took me a while. I need to drink more. But um, one thing I, I thought it was neat. So because I've forgotten about the shickles and the knock, the Canucks and the the gold galleons and stuff like that, and how silver will be kind of. I guess they're doing the folklore with werewolf silver being poisonous to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, you were saying mm -hmm. the money. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She's had a few. That's all right. Interesting it's things. It's not just you. I've I got think a we brought up bad connection too. So uh, I, I think we brought that up. It's interesting because I see well, that's not but, something that a lot of fix adhere to the well, the silver and werewolves. And I, this is the, I think this is the first time I've read an effect that Remus couldn't handle money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least the Usually if they, have, if they have a thick where yeah, silver effects, it turns out that sickles aren't pure silver or something, so at least he can do yeah, that. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard them mention the money. Like, I've seen fix where he, silver affects him, but I've never, I mean, I've seen fix where he can't use silverware, and I've seen fix where Peter comes after him with his silver hand, but I've never seen fix yeah. that even, even, where the author even remembered that sickles are silver. Right, so that's just kudos to Pika. Because mm -hmm. Definitely. She really attention to detail. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. how even they went through the house and they took they took out everything. Mom's jewelry, any fancy claps on on the old book, dad his dad chest set, and everything like that was just put away mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it burned him. Yeah, like child proofing mm -hmm. the house. Mm -hmm. exactly. I personally don't think that that is the case in canon because we would have heard something probably but it definitely does serve to make this more poignant mm -hmm. so uh, i don't know about that we very there. rarely see remus I think it's after painful. prisoner of Azkaban. I mean, we're not i mean this is not remus's point i mean canon is not in remus's point of view and harry i think we've already established that harry doesn't notice things 
This is true. Yeah. It, who knows? Maybe there was special. Well, the plates are gold, so that wouldn't have been a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I and, um, right. something. I'm just, I'm just thinking this is like I'm a crazy way like to kill Fender Gray back because you just like, accelerate a sickle like at his head or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you would kill him. I think it's just like he has a severe allergic reaction. Yeah, but if you drove it into his hair, head, that would be like shooting him with a silver bullet. I was kind of like, do you ever, you ever seen what is, what is the vampire and the uh, werewolf movie? Oh, Twilight? No. <laughs> Underworld. No, 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 well, that's no, no. the most recent Underworld. one. Yeah. No, Underworld. And how they have the bullets that does the ultraviolet light, and then they also have the liquid silver that you that shoot into the werewolves, and it gets into their bloodstream and kills them instantly. I actually haven't okay. seen those. Interesting. It's pretty good. Underworld's pretty good. All right. Okay. Anywho. I like that Ollivander knew. Oh. Oh, yeah. of course yes. he would know. That was a great scene. It was a great mm-hmm. scene. He goes in and he gets his wand, and then Ollivander picks up the all the silver sickles and puts them in his money bag for him so he doesn't have to touch them. And, and gives, gives him all of his change. Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> That's a lot of change. Yeah. But, but, and then, but then that couldn't you just see Ollivander just going crazy, going, no, that's not it. No, 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 no. Let's try this one. He's found it more as a challenge than anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, he loves tricky customers. Oh, he does. That's his favorite. And I can just imagine him having the same um, experience as Harry did with, you know, lots of wands. It's like, ah, this one is the perfect one. Give this one a wave. <laughs> yeah. No. That's it. Think not. It's... I don't know. Maybe we've found out Remus's wand in canon. I can't remember. But if not, I'm impressed that she gave him a normal wand rather than being like um, mahogany and werewolf hair or some such thing that mm-hmm. people like to do. <laughs> well, he doesn't. They give their. Ollivander yeah. doesn't have any more than just the three. Those are the only ones he uses. No, he says not he customarily uses. <laughs> he customarily uses phoenix feathers, mm-hmm. dragon heart string, and unicorn tail hair, but it's not the only thing he'll use. Right. Huh. Yeah. Where does it say he uses those others? Well, I've definitely read where he comes up with some seriously weird things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. Well, those are fixed. <laughs> yes. Well, the, he in canon, it says customarily uses, which implies not always. All right. Well, well I mean, was it first? Well, Fleur, Fleur had a, a Vila hair from her Fleur's grandma. wasn't made by well, her, by him. Right. No, that's true. Yeah, Fleur's was made by Grigorovich or whoever. I get, No, that was... Crumbs. No, I, guess I don't think we actually get the wand maker. No, not no. the French one. Oh, well. We don't get the French one. So they get a family owl, which I think is yeah, great. I like their owl. owl. We'll find the quote. <laughs> and we find out yeah. The wand is not canon, by the way. The I just looked it up on the left. too much in life to be troubled by juvenile werewolves. <laughs> Yeah, because most animals are afraid of him. And everything else is secondhand, but he's going to Hogwarts. And that's all he cares about. Yeah. And last but not least, they go and get Hogwarts of History. Oh my I god, I just searched for the phrase. Oh, I'm sorry, I have to jump in here. I just searched for customarily use dragon heartstring in Google. My fic is the third hit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. And then we have Dumbledore. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> having a little conversation with Hat, which of course mm-hmm. made That's me neat. happy because I love Hat. It was Hat. Yeah, I was just thinking of of our yeah, Hat. Call it, Dumbledore calls it Godric's Hat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
and and he's very witty. Dumbledore is trying to get the hat to put Remus in Hufflepuff because Hufflepuffs are nice to everybody, even werewolves. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think Hufflepuffs were most scared of Harry when they found out he was a partial tongue. So, don't you think Hufflepuffs would be scared of a werewolf? But they're not going to tell him tell him that he's a werewolf. Depends on the group. Werewolf, maybe. I know, but if they find out, just don't kill I mean, like they were most- <laughs> If Harry had been a Hufflepuff at the time, I wonder if it would have been different because they'd already know him, and you know, they would have know banded around him, his yeah. character well enough. Yeah, Hufflepuffs would have banded around him. They would have. I thought a few times in this fic that if. Dumbledore hadn't had that conversation. By temperament, Remus should almost be a Ravenclaw, but it's a good thing he wasn't because they would have figured it out right away. Right. Yeah. I've read Ravenclaw. I've read Ravenclaw mm-hmm. Remus AUs. Mm-hmm. Are they any good? Uh, there was a good one. I, I have to find it again. There was one I'll good one. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I remember specifically one good one. There I'm may sure be more than one. one. Good one. I kind of like how Hat was saying it because he reminds reminds you of the sister, the one I've never met. I'm like, oh! yeah. At which point I did the same thing and said, "Ooh, this is a post Deathly Hallows fic." <laughs> yeah, I know that's what <laughs> I did too. Me too. That was that was the um, the biggest meaning of that moment that I realized. Actually, I think I regular have to say that's one of the biggest things that irritates added. me about fiction is that nobody seems to put down where the heck their story was written. When? Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think I, I think to me probably the tip off was Regulus and Creature's interaction, or at least maybe it's just because I read everything with that flavor now that Canon's closed, even if it's not the case. Mm-hmm. I like that even when Sirius is being all sulky because he's been sorted into Gryffindor, which is the worst possible outcome. Remus mm-hmm. is the first one he talks to. Right. He sort of has no choice that. almost, but yeah, well. Well, I just I just love everyone thinks Sirius will be in Slytherin, even Sirius himself, and it's like, oh, these poor deluded fools. <laughs> and we get an introduction yes. to Lily, to Severus, and I just have the comment that Sirius is behaving a lot like Draco. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, He's had a certain similarity of upbringing. That's very true. And I think that's good. It's something that, that, you know, a lot of authors tend to gloss over that his upbringing and the way he, we see him as an adult don't really mesh. So that there must have been a time where he was as obnoxious as hell. So I'm glad that he was obnoxious. And this is it. As much as I wanted to smack yeah, him. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a well-written character. Right. If they get you emotionally involved enough that you want to smack him then you know you did a good job yeah i love what we find out about molly here that (laughs) molly deliberately ran off and got pregnant so as to not be forced on lucius yeah i know and her can you imagine i want to hear a fanfic of molly and the in lucius married i don't know what would be more train wrecky the molly lucius ship itself or molly as draco's mother <laughs> Draco would be a very different person. Draco. That is true. It would be the true. best thing that could Draco. happen to him. Yeah. Although hmm, Molly Malfoy might know. be sl- slightly different than Molly Weasley too. So, can you imagine like seven Malfoy kids running around, oh. all with red hair? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they, no, they wouldn't have red hair. Blonde. Yeah. Well, they might. Because Molly has twins? The, the red hair is a Weasley thing. 
Draco Dennis. hair is red, too. So it's a recessive trait there, but, you know, some of them would have red hair and some of them would be blonde, and Lucius would like the blonde ones, and yeah. Which is the more powerful gene, the the blonde gene or the red hair gene? I know they're both recessive. I don't know. I actually haven't looked into that enough to tell. Maybe they'd all be strawberry blonde. I don't know. <laughs> like, I have pink. Some, someone take notes. This needs to be written. <laughs> yes. There might not be not seven me. of them either because, you know, Molly and Lucius probably wouldn't be as congenial as Molly and Arthur. So boom, shabalabalaba. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if Lucius looks like he does in the movies. I was going to say, what, yeah, did you just if, what if the it's name Jason be? Isaacs at Molly. <laughs> No, I'm saying, I'm just saying, I mean, how often you would want to boom shop a lot, but with Lucius. Yeah. <laughs> if it's Jason I, anytime he wants to. I know, I was going to say, I think, I think, I mean, Lucius is quite a skeevy fellow, but I think his reputation in the Harry Potter fan, fandom world as a sex symbol is not ill-earned. He runs into the same thing that Snape does. It's all, it's all down yeah. to the actors, not the characters. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I think there was Snape fic written before the first movie. Oh, probably. But oh, maybe there was it's Snape It's kind of the reverse of what happened. Oh, was there Boom Shop Poor old Fleur. Oh, well. What could they do? So he sees Remus on the train, but Narcissa kicks Remus out of the cab. So that's not going to work. No, room. It's the room. The cabin. I have expected him to ask for his toad. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen my toad? And then Lily would be the no, Hermione. Hermione it would be Lily coming on him to ask. Yeah. Have you seen a toad at all? Boy named Remus has lost one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't get a toad, though. He didn't even get an owl. They just got their family one. He can't afford no. a toad. He yeah. can't. I love seeing Hagrid. It's his first day as being keeper of the keys. Yeah. And all Which that. makes me think is, okay, Had- Had- Hedwig, Hagrid was... <laughs> Drink another one. <laughs> Hagrid, like a big guy with the beard. I would Hagrid. think he'd been um, there more often. Since, yeah, Hagrid, yeah, I thought he was, he was out of... put in the job when he was kicked out of school. Of course he was yeah. 13, so... Apparently when, uh, yeah, but when Molly was there, I think he was the apprentice he's to been Og. Or wrangling the like creatures that. for a while, but yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He was an apprentice for a while. Yeah, he's so just maybe all just retire in this universe. Sirius is in the boats going across, and he's in the boats with Lily and Snape. Is it a boat boat? It is a and boat. It's a yes, boat. it is a boat. It's a magical and boat, but boat it is a boat. And it doesn't need a string and it pulley thing. It does not capsize any time. <laughs> At least not in this one. Hey, is the squid in this? I don't think so. There was no reference to the squid, I believe. Oh, did it get mentioned? The giant squid is better than Remus at potions. But that's all we've heard so far. Mm-hmm. Can oh, I just jump in and say, cycle. on the subject of boat boats, there's this great card game called Flux, and there's a whole bunch of themed variants, and the one that just came out is Pirate Flux. And there's a whole bunch of cards in here that are ships, except for the dinghy. The dinghy is not a ship. It's a boat. And when I read that in the rules, I <laughs> cracked up laughing because all I could think was boat boat. Boat boat. Those boats. So, so we got off the boat boat, and we are getting squirted. We are. And he is absolutely positively sure that he is going to be a Slytherin. And I love and that. You're too much of a rebel for House Slytherin. Not good enough for Hufflepuff either. You're not smart enough to be <laughs> not- a Ravenclaw. So you must be a Gryffindor! 
I object. Did you to say that. not good enough for Hufflepuff, Sue? Did you say not good enough for Hufflepuff? Because I believe the exact quote is there's enough loyalty here for Hufflepuff, but not enough hard work and dedication. Yeah. <laughs> the hat did not say he was thing. not good enough for Hufflepuff. <laughs> what the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> <laughs> she was paraphrasing. I, I'm just going to say it, it doesn't matter that he's rebellious if he's the most prestigious one in slytherin he'll be the leader and everyone else will be expected to conform to his behavior that's true but, but it's the hat i think the hat is reading stuff that he's not completely conscious of i think his rebellious streak has not really manifested itself quite yet but it's there where he's a marauder yeah it's i mean fair. i mean he has bought into his parents propaganda because you know he's a kid he really doesn't have any other choice that young because he doesn't have any other outside influences but the hat can see you know things inside yourself that you don't even know yeah i do agree that Sirius, as presented here, probably should have been a Slytherin because he believes he's going to be a Slytherin. He wants to be a Slytherin. He wants to be king of Slytherin, which is definitely ambitious, all of these sorts of things. If choice has so much weight as Harry gives it, why is Sirius's choice to be a Slytherin not being considered? You know, except that, of course, it has to. I would wonder if the house because the plot says so. No, I wonder if the hat can overrule choice. If it like, you know, I would like to see a fit where the hat is like this ultimate game maker, and it puts people where they're supposed to be, and it puts people with people that they're supposed to click with, and it sort of the hat sort of. I mean, because it's a hat, it can't do anything, but it like can influence the outcome of the wizarding world. I wonder if the hat like would overrule choice like in the name of destiny. <laughs> That'd be fun. You know, because Sirius obviously wants to be a Slytherin, but like the hat saw something in him that made him need to be a Gryffindor. Well, it's not I'm really Dumbledore who's the master manipulator. The it's all the sorting hat. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be fantastic. I just think, go, I think because the hat, the hat more, says it's so. It's more like a <laughs> Poor Trisha. One more try. That's okay. I'm thinking with the hat, it's, it's more of a parent's influence where Harry really didn't have any kind of influence other than hearing what he said and thinking, oh, I really don't want to be a Slytherin kind of thing. Where the hat can say, oh, well, your parents keep on telling, kind of like seeing a brainwash mm-hmm. and saying, mm-hmm. okay, this Maybe. is the brainwashing talking. It's not really well, you, could, you say, you say it's brainwashing because people. you don't agree with it. You could argue, you could argue that, you know, like the, the Weasleys were doing the same thing. I mean, what if, like, why isn't Percy and Slytherin? Yeah. On a lighter note, I love that Lockhart is. That just amuses <laughs> me greatly. And he also gets plowed into the ground at flying lessons. Yeah, well. And seems it seems to be quite happy with the uh, brilliant pink robes in the later chapter. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So then all of it gets sorted. And Peter bounces over and says, "Had wanted to put me in Slytherin, but I asked to be with you." And that just burns Sirius all the and more. Sirius is just like, "Oh, go away!" <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah. And then Remus is there. And yeah, I like that- how he raises raises some parents before any of his cousins right theirs, and they find out they're a different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a mistake. I don't know how else it could have happened. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. And he's feeling very melodramatic because he uses capitals all over the place. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Peter. Got sorted into Gryffindor too. Your obedient son. I love that. Your obedient son. Mm-hmm. Blacks don't cry. Yeah. And Rufus is just completely confused by the whole sorting thing. He gets the hat put in his head. It's like, oh, right. It's you. Okay, Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, it did. it's like it didn't even take me very long. I like that Madame Pomfrey took out the books on lycanthropy for him so he can look at them whenever he wants. I actually, for a second, that when I read it, I interpreted it as so that students wouldn't read the books and put two and two together. I don't think that's what it is, but that's actually what I thought when I first read it. Yeah. I thought that she Well, it's true that they can't come across them in the library. They have to specifically request them in order to get them. So that's interesting. I kind of thought that, you know, she comes across as very no-nonsense, almost cold. But then at at the end, she's like, oh, and by the way, I got these books for you. So it was just kind of almost a warm moment in that whole, you know, introduction thing where she was very matter of fact. And you're in charge of this and you have to be here at this time and I'll come get you then. And, you know. I just thought it was kind of like... I think that's very Madame Pomfrey, because I think that's the way she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She cares a lot, but she's definitely very brisk and professional. She's kind of like uh, McGonagall that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, poor Remus. He's, the full moon is less than a week after he starts, so he does get a chance to really settle in, and he's already... Mm-hmm. Can't focus, so he's not doing anything in the classes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Potions is a disaster, and he's just, yeah, it's just a mess. And you don't think about Which that. I, this is another. I hadn't thought of that, but that's yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. That uh, potions would be horrible with all the smells and everything. And it's interesting. I mean, I think more than any other fic I've read, this fic plays up the senses and the mood swings. So it's kind of a different experience because a lot of fics you read, Remus is like a normal person, except, you know, bang, on the full moon, he turns into a werewolf. And then when he turns back, See, that's he's odd all angsty and I, scarred. But he's always in where he's super senses. And- oh, he has super senses when they're useful, but he doesn't, like, have problems when, with them. Yeah, he has them when the hat says so, but... The plot... <laughs> not the hat, dear. <laughs> oh, you never know. The plot and the hat. If the hat would be the interesting if the hat could turn them on and off. It's like, okay, hat, I need my super senses now. All right, set. Makes <laughs> <laughs> Remus a superhero with the hat. Remus and the Apparently, hat Bumpery cannot make tea. Well, at least she no. doesn't have his specialty. Yeah, she don't, she just makes potions, and they she don't makes, taste very good. Yeah, bitter and nasty. So, and he's the invisible boy. He just does everything he can to just kind of be in the background because he doesn't want anybody to notice him. I, and I will say again, this is one of the first or right, one of the few Marauder fics I read where they didn't hit it off on the train. I was surprised mm-hmm. that they didn't meet on the train. Yeah. I mean, Harry Potter fix in general, it seems like you meet the only friends you'll ever have on the train, and I don't think that that's useful. <laughs> I've even read somewhere that was noted up. Like, there's a, a family who lives in Hogsmeade, but they uh, send them off to King's Cross because they have to take the train the first time. Yeah. <laughs> or you'll have no friends because you'll meet everyone on the train, and then the children who are on the train will shun you. Yeah, that's yep. true. I don't know if you guys talked about it, but I like that Remus is shocked about how deeply his friends care about blood status. He thought for sure Mm -hmm. that he would be picked on because of his appearance and his scruffiness and and all of his secondhand things. And that's not it. They're talking about his blood status. Yeah, because he's not (laughs) been raised to 
bother about it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So it's a, he's and not, he has he been has kind like of isolated. So. Been raised outside the wizarding world entirely. I mean, it's one thing to not know about blood status and stuff, but it's like he's basically lived as a muggle because his, well, I mean, his he, father his dad to his family has. Stuff. Sort of thing, because there's a line at one point that for generations and generations back, the Lupin men have only ever married Muggle women. Right. Mm-hmm. They've all been wizards and yet married Muggles. Yeah. So he's he said he might have argued the point that his wizarding blood is stronger because it's been diluted, quote, with Muggle blood, but they, there's always a wizard. And so that would be his way of, you know, showing it. But it says that he never argued. He tried very hard not to speak or might make eye contact with anyone unless it was absolutely necessary because he didn't want to. Wasn't he reading? Wasn't he reading a Jane Austen book? Hello, that's all about prejudice. (laughs) But if I could just jump off of that, I think it's it's very interesting that when we see these flashes of Snape, it's he's already emphasizing the prince side. Mm-hmm. of his blood mm-hmm. and not not the okay he's a snape fine but you know very distinguished pure blood line on this side and, i mean i know we don't see a whole lot of him because it's not the focus of the story but he's constantly trying to emphasize his wizarding blood and trying to downplay the muggle influence yeah well he was trapped in a boat with sirius who was being obviously snobby about it having just snubbed lily so that um <laughs> Mm-hmm. So he gets Snape's back up and he goes for the, of course I'm a wizarding blood, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure it's in Snape anyway. Well, I, I just like it because they surprised if that brought it out at that Paying point. attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, I like um, the bit. Go ahead. Remus's dream comes back. And he, he doesn't have a dream with the dog in it, but he has a dream where he knows the dog is somewhere nearby and he's looking for it. And this is when he's started sharing a dorm with Sirius. Mm-hmm. And then Sirius is actually the one to wake him up from this dream. Or, no, I guess he'd had the dream the afternoon, and he was lying there thinking about it, and then Sirius interrupts him. It's an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah, there's obviously a connection, even at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with these dreams, because I think this is the last that it shows up in this set of chapters, but I would not be at all surprised if it comes up again. Right. But Sirius has saved a package for him. Even though he's still being sulky and generally mean to everybody, he wants to make sure Remus gets his package. And uh, it's his sister. And it's boring tea. They don't understand. Tea is wonderful. (laughs) This is the tea stuff. (laughs) James and Sirius are pretty obnoxious in these chapters. Oh, yeah. James and Sirius are pretty obnoxious Mm -hmm. generally. It works. (laughs) And I like, you know, Peter, he followed... Sirius to Gryffindor, but Sirius is being, you know, such a... Showing a complete and utter lack of sense, and I find it interesting that the hat offered him Slytherin. Mm, that's true. I can't well, believe he didn't say, please Slytherin, please Slytherin, please Slytherin, please Slytherin. I mean, which I think shows that subconsciously he didn't really want it. He wanted to be with his friend. Right. And then his friend Oh, you're talking about being... Peter. You're talking about Peter. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Sirius. Never mind. Yeah, Peter. But then Sirius, mm-hmm. Peter that was interesting to, to me because with- that's the first time that I've read anything where, for one, Peter knew any of them before the train. Again, with the train, I, I like yeah. that too. Also, that it's serious. Like Peter is one of the sort of pure blood, almost elite, and he sort of gets in by the skin of his teeth to the parties. And yeah, things. they're from and an old so family. They're just very serious. poor. The usual way that I've seen it is James and Sirius are already friends. 
and they run across somebody being mean to Peter and say, hey, stop that, he's just a little kid, and Peter immediately goes, hey, they're my saviors, and follows them around from that point. But, uh, right. And and I think I've read James and Peter. What I'm enjoying most about this fic like is that it's not black. one of the cliches that we have all read before if we've read this sort of fic. Mm-hmm. She's doing very well at that. She's hitting all the sort of major points that are necessary to lead to canon, but she's coming at them from very different directions. Yeah, you can that she put a lot of thought into this and is doing her best to be very original, and that's why I liked mm-hmm. it. I'm also amused by Remus rehearsing his cover story and then nobody asks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that reminded me so much of Jane in Firefly, where they practice the story for hours and hours and hours, and they get oh, there. Yes. No, we tried to resuscitate the patient, but he the... just busts out with the line anyway. What do you got? Got a couple DOAs by the time we got Take there. Take down to the morgue. We applied the cortical electrodes, but were unable to get a neural reaction from either patient. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. I have the lousiest connection in the world, and you know what? I think I'm just going to pack it in for tonight. Well, uh-uh. Death Roll, thanks for trying to join us. <laughs> I tried. Do you have any final really thoughts did. on the chapters as a section? Uh, as I say, I only got to chapter read. five, but I there, there was a, a one point, there was a quote I pulled out. The rest of the time, he found himself matched up with the girls, and while Peter liked girls in a theoretical sort of way, he was also a little bit terrified of them. <laughs> in a theoretical sort of way. Yes. And I don't even know the context, but the very idea of Voldemort's tits breaks me. That's after they went to the painting to look at the naked girl, and then Gideon and Fabian talked to them about Voldemort, and that he's out in the world, and he's the bad guy, and at the end of the chapter, Peter's like, or they're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. seeing the naked girl was C- kind of fun. Sirius, yeah, Sirius says all that stuff about Voldemort was a lot more fun than just some old painting. And James says, well, yeah, but I, I bet he doesn't have as good tits or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was it. <laughs> and- I, that's a bit that, I don't know, they're 11. I think that's a little early for them to even care to go see the painting. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. You think mm-hmm. so, Death? Kids well, at 11? Well, my nephew is 10, and the most exciting thing for him, he waits on the porch for the mail because my brother has ordered Playboy. So oh, Mike got Playboy but- for himself, and he got some kid magazine for Calvin. But Calvin is totally like, I want to see the Playboy. How come you didn't get that for, for me? me? Yeah, so he like waits for the mail. <laughs> Trying to sneak God, it I thought you were going to say something home. about sneaking for his mom's Victoria's Secret catalog. No, no, he's going straight for the good stuff. There you go. Smart kid. Oh, this does not, this does not bode well for me. Thanks a lot, people. <laughs> I don't More know. stuff I have to worry about. How old is he? He's going to be nine this Saturday. No. Oh, don't worry. Girls still have cooties. Yeah, you got another year. <laughs> Maybe more. It depends on the kid and the place. That's true. Depends on his friends. Yeah. Uh, And if he has a crazy cousin, Patrick. Yeah, keep him away from Jacob, right? (laughs) I can't remember which podcast that was in. There was some. That was the Jules podcast with the chicken tenders. You sure that wasn't me? Because that's all we're asking about the chicken balls? Yeah, that was it. But Mm -hmm. that was because he was with his friend. Yeah, Uh, I know. His friend. That's all right. Yep. My son sits there and tells tells all my parents and going, Mommy has a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
mom's like, what did they do? He goes, hold hands. <laughs> the mom's like, what else do they do? He goes, he kisses her grandma. She goes, where at? Oh, he goes, on the cheek. I'm like, I am so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think you've got a few years Scandalous. You are scandalous, all right. I am. It's reminding me of Regulus. Like, he yeah. didn't even steal well, anything. Well, Persia Black would have a lot to say about that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and on that note, good night, guys. Have good fun. Night. Good night, Death Roll. Thanks. Good night. Good night, Death Roll. And now we are four. So where were we? I'm not sure. Um, let me pull up my notes. My screensaver came up. I don't have the story anymore. Let me find it. Okay, go away. I think Remus was still being invisible. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, and he gets the package of tea, and Sirius, Sirius is aware of him, even though he's not really paying attention, and Sirius is like, you weren't here last night, and Peter's like, he wasn't, and then Sirius says, and you weren't in class either, and Remus really doesn't say anything, and my notes say that Sirius kind of prods Remus, he just kind of pokes at him, and picks at him, and he tries to get a reaction out of him, I think. I think it's because Remus is the invisible boy and Sirius can't stand that. He wants to know what's going on. He wants to know why. And so he's just picking at him, mm-hmm. you know, like you'd pick at a scab kind of a thing. He's just picking, picking, mm-hmm. picking. Yeah. So. He's not used to people who don't react. Right. He wants to know how far can he go before he'll get a reaction. Yeah. Well, he learns that soon. Mm-hmm. I just want to know when, what I'm looking for is the, uh, when they meet, you know how in the in canon in the book, uh, um, Sirius is like, "Oh, this is how you get rid of peds," and was the was a Wisby or whatever, and that thing flies up in, into his nose. The gum, right? A lot of gum. Yeah, that Remus did that in uh, the first defense lesson. There was mm-hmm. gum sticking in a keyhole, and he shot it up Peeves' nose. Mm-hmm. Because Peeves was probably sticking the gum in the keyholes. Quite possibly. <laughs> That's what I was I, like. I couldn't. I don't know why that uh, that reminded me when he stuck the, his wand up on the ceiling. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's already getting fairly good at the terms. Right, he's been practicing because he doesn't have anything else really to do. He just sits and reads and mm-hmm. he practices. He's like Hermione, and Remus is usually the Hermione. Except when he's all distracted by the full moon. Right. Yeah. In which and, case, he's more like Ron. And I said this earlier, but, you know, he t- they do flying, and, and he starts off doing really well, and then... The moon, I have a question, and this is this applies to general canon as well, and the, this fic just made me think of it in all my 10-plus years of reading Harry Potter. This never occurred to me. Okay, when they go in for their first flying lesson, they have to hold out their hand and stay up. But for the rest oh. of their lives, they just stick the broom between their legs and fly into the sky. What is the point of up? Possibly they do it and they don't mention it. No, it I never, think they... It never I really says it's pretty... like Harry mounted his broom or whatever and went off. That's possibly part of doing it. But they seem to do it like, you know, like I feel like if they had to do it every time, it would say. I mean, maybe I've just read too much fan fiction, but it just strikes me as... Odd. Like yeah, it, it, it's never occurred idea. to me. Like I said, in all my ten plus years of reading these books and reading fan fiction about these books, I it never I never realized that they don't do up after the first time. <laughs> well, maybe it's, it's a way of seeing how much control they have. You know, you stick your hand up. Yeah. Well, and also all of the brooms are on the True. ground, right? right? So you don't lean over and pick them up. You stick your hand out and you say up, and they fly up to you. It's, the show, it's them, the show of them laziness. 
Yeah. When we see them yeah. flying and stuff and they just mounting their brooms, then the brooms are already either in the up position or they're in their hands and they just throw their leg over them and go. So right. maybe they just don't have to. They're already up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually kind of like that it shows, um, like, it may, it, like how much control they have. Maybe it's like horses. You know, maybe there's just some people that are just, the broom is afraid of them or they're afraid the broom won't obey them or, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And it sure gives the impression that the brooms have kind of a mind of their own, like a horse. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be mm-hmm. tricky. These are the old school brooms. So for one thing, they're general. They're everybody's brooms. And for another, they're old. So maybe they don't float there all the time. Whereas when you've got your own broom, it's probably attuned to you to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just when you're already carrying the broom somewhere, it's easier just to hold it in your hand. But if you happen to have your broom out in the backyard in the shed, you'd still have to do that to get it off the floor. What I don't know. It's just a way of summoning it to you, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point, but it probably would have slowed things do down if they didn't stick the that in every time. It's the same as how they rarely ever shower or um, particular dress for bed or go to the bathroom. <laughs> or mm-hmm. It's just they kind of assumed. So here we have serious prodding Remus again, and he's giving him a hard time because he's neat. And then he sits mm-hmm. there and he concentrates. and he He's ex- just unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> he explodes everything out of his trunk because he wants to get a rise out of it. And he does. And Remus sticks yep. Sirius's wand. To Literally. Him, which I thought was great. And then and I wrote in my notes, Sirius zero, Remus one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we find out in the next chapter that he had to get James to help him to get it down, mm-hmm. which he did, but he laughed hysterically first. Well, of course he did. He, that just sounds like something James would do. Mm-hmm. I like the interaction with Lily here, too. That's neat. Yeah. Lily is great in this story. Mm-hmm. She is. You can she's definitely no see that over, but she's not, she's not like a hard ass either. Right. Mm-hmm. Although, according to Remus, she doesn't really have a sense of humor. <laughs> no. And they bond. They meet in the hospital wing because she's been hexed because she's a muggle-born. And he's there after the full moon. And they bond over missing their sisters. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I liked. Yeah. That Lily misses her sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, both of their sisters are not magical. So that really does give them kind of a real good bonding. And she invites him to come and study with her. And Sev, because, you know, Sev's great. And Remus is like, really? Hmm. <laughs> nice. But he does like the help with potions. So yeah. he goes for it. And then we're back to Sirius. Um, Never gets any mail. No. I like that this is what basically puts the wedge between him and his brother. Because. I mean, he he always thought he was kind of he was too polite and he was wasn't annoying their parents enough and some of the stuff that came up when they were doing Sirius's birthday. But they were still brothers and Sirius kind of looked out for him a lot of the time. But he's really annoyed and hurt that not even Reg has written to him right all this time. And he's been writing to him, or he did for about a month, and then he just said, "Forget it, I'm not even going to try anymore." Mm-hmm. So. I do like, I think this started in an earlier chapter, I forgot about it, that when he meets James, he sees that he's the kind of boy that everybody's going to like, so he resolves he's not going to. Right. And then here in this chapter, he's thinking, what's so great about Potter anyway, you know? (laughs) Yeah, well. Well, he'll find out. Yep. He'll find out. And we find out that the the Slytherins are still giving him a bad time because they've you know, turned on him. He was one of their own until he wasn't. And now, even though they might have 
appeared to be friends at one time. They're not, and they kind of wait for him. They have to pass each other in the corridors after a class, and they, they wait to pick on him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Poor guy. Sirius is kind of being a brat at this point, because he's uh, going through all the classes and why he's not at the top of them, and um, he uh, keeps having to compete with these people, and it's just not the way things are supposed to be. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's still sulking. He's still just this not because he's not where he wants to be. Yeah, but when he's confronted with all the Slytherins who are basically jeering at him, he gets as far as whipping his wand out, but his mind goes blank. He doesn't know what to do because Mm -hmm. he's so angry. And James basically drags him off down the hall. Mm -hmm. And he gets mad at James for it, and James has had enough at this point. And he pretty much you know, slams him against the wall and goes, look, dude, you need to grow up, quit sniveling, and embrace the fact that you're in Gryffindor because you're not going to go to Slytherin. They don't like you. They don't want to have anything to do with you. So suck it up. And what can we do to get even with it? And mm-hmm. here I have a plan. And that's the change. I mean, that's the point where Sirius becomes the fun-loving person that we've known him to be. Yeah. That we've heard about him being at that point. And he did. He needed somebody to smack him and say, grow up and, you know, deal with what's mm-hmm. happened because otherwise you're going to keep whining and we're tired of listening to it. Yeah. As James points out, the Slytherins are convinced they're better than everyone and Sirius is still agreeing with them. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is just seeing this reaction from James. It's kind of the same as why he's poking at Remus. This is the first time he's seen James do anything but laugh at stuff. Right. So it's a shock to him. And that's kind of enough to take him out of his spin, I guess. Right. And I like James' evil grin. That's just, I can definitely see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he would be evil. And actually, I also like James, another thing that James kind of sets him straight on is, look, you really don't hate house elves, you just hate that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a point I think Sirius still hadn't really grasped in canon, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out, you know, that, well, we've known this all along, that the house elves are dead useful. Of you course. Drop in there and they want to feed you and do all kinds of things for you and show you all around. And, and you can get your hands on the Halloween feasts too. <laughs> yes. And add unusual ingredients to it. Mm-hmm. So, and then head off to the laundry. Yes, the laundry elves are not quite so friendly. But no, not quite. And I love to be a little that, sneaky, that, one. that they say that they think that they've left their wand in there and the house elves go to the Slytherin pile and jump in and rummage around until they come up with the right person's clothes. It's like, what do they do? They do it by smell? I mean, how do they know? It's I his? always wondered that, you know, like they dump their... I mean, I wonder this on a lot of things. I wonder this on BSG, too, how they do the laundry. <laughs> and... <laughs> I heard the big the shit. How do they do the laundry? But this is magic, and I still don't even know how they do the laundry. So I would you know, be amused if there were great big cheery tags on the backs of all their rogue collars. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Belongs to. Tell us. I heard. Show. I heard this one thing about how they got how the elves get stained off their clothes. They pee on it. 
When did I know you were going to say that? Well, you know, <laughs> it's been a long. It, it just remind me of it. Maybe I'm sorry, I started to giggle. I just oh, like, yeah, I had about that. too many. <laughs> I have not. It's disgusting. I'm never. I was going to say I'm never going to Hogwarts again. Aww. So I've had too many too. <laughs> you, you're just never going to let them wash your, your clothes. Clothes, yeah, your clothes. Well, everybody else's clothes has LP on them, so it doesn't yeah. matter if it's my clothes. I'm sure, they mean, just use Scourgeify or something. Well, I was it's different i mean house elf magic is different from normal magic so maybe it is pee magic gosh pee magic (laughs) it seems to involve snapping the fingers so maybe they just have to visualize who knows they visualize their pee you know in uh cave person that's your title of the episode do you know pee magic pee magic Caveman time, you know, they could use berries and things to dye things different colors, but white was like a sacred color for them, and it, it was very difficult to make anything white that wasn't white. And what the secret was would be to hold your urine in a basket or a container and let it kind of sit for several days, and then it became like bleach. And that's how they well, that's, I, I, I can't, ammonia can't, I can't go to um, caveman times anymore. You're also, not to caveman times anymore either. So I could see how self pee as being a good cleanser. You never know. You know, I. But in my mind, they would pee on it and then throw it in the washing machine with the soap and stuff and, and wash it all out. Okay, so all right. That makes me feel. That makes me feel removed. much better. <laughs> they wash it after they pee on it too. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. They, they have to wash it after. Except it's, their washing machine is a giant um, cauldron, half a barrel of with a scrub brush that moves itself around and yeah. things like that. Yeah. That works for me. It's the Merlin washing tub <laughs> <laughs> from the Sword in the Stone. I like that James knows that you have to treat the house elves decently to get them to be dead nice to you. You know, mm-hmm. They'll do whatever you want as long as you treat them with respect. And, and that's a good thing to know, that you need to respect them. And I appreciated that. Yeah, you should, re- you should respect your slaves and treat them well. Yes, because they're yes. going to be peeing on your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does give Sirius a significant See, I was making a point. point about slavery, yes. Sue, and how slavery is wrong. I know. And I this is politically. We can't be serious for quite that long. It's in my notes as well that there was a significant glance. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed it's that. It's a warning look, in fact. It's not really a significant glance, but it amounts to the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was a significant glance. Yes. And this is where we find out Lockhart is rather pleased with the lurid pink robes. Yes, so they've basically, they've gone in and they've added something to the stew, and they've gone to the laundry and they've slipped something into the pocket of Rosier's robes and when the elves wash the robes they all become this lurid pink color which is great and all the Slytherins show up in pink well not all of them some of them come in dirty robes because they'd rather be dirty than pink and i love that dumbledore makes it a fashion statement by showing up in the same color robes for dinner mm-hmm. and, yeah, I love and lockhart is just so happy he is he likes the pink color oh bless him so it's not quite as good as lilac no Nothing as good as Lilac. And fortunately for them, in one way, though not quite as much in another, they warn both the other houses and the teachers not to touch the stew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which they call Slytherin stew. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they've added this 
potions or I, I don't know if you'd call it a potions, but the ingredients. And whenever they try to talk, they fart. Yep. And, Which is definitely an 11 year old boy revenge. Oh, you know it. And you know, they were having so much fun giggling about that. Yep. And now they are the best of friends. They make a good team. Yeah. Yep. I like James. It's like, I think it's funny that you have Harry, Ron, and Hermione who were united by the troll and, you know, defeating the troll and saving each other's lives. And then you have James and Sirius and Peter who are united by making people fart. Yes. <laughs> fart jokes. It is a true boy bonding thing. It is. Well, I guess we could let Scott answer that, but. I have to say, I haven't experienced anything of that sort, but then I'm a little unusual, so. We love you anyway. We do. When my brother was younger, the one that's 10 years younger than I am, he and his friends went through the farting burping stage, and I can remember being camping with them, and they would try to out belch themselves and can i say scott that you're very refreshing for a man to not be this fart thing because you know it's like i mean i oh, i can just feel myself being drunk it seems like all the other men are these fart things that you're very refreshing well thank you i just started for the first season already you did <laughs> i'm really gonna regret what i just said <laughs> you are i'm typing it to ryan right now <laughs> it doesn't entirely make sense but i think i got what your point was it was a compliment yes you know, what, that, that much we got but i loved P.S. saying can just feel myself being drunk <laughs> It's because it's like you don't think, and it just happens. Some things happen, and you don't know what's happening. That's what being drunk is like. Yes. I did have a period where my best friend and I would watch Mel Brooks movies and laugh hysterically, but uh, I think that's as close as we go. That's cleverer than plain old farts. I can remember we were camping, and they would back up to the trailer and fart because it would make a better sound. Ah. And there were four or five of them. Oh my god! Oh, I hate to see what's under in their underpants. Uh huh. Just oh. crazy. So I'm glad that that they all through it, and they all called each other by girl names, which I thought was hysterical. Hmm. They gave each other girl names. Okay. Well, I guess I never really had a crowd of boys, so it probably didn't come up as much. That's it. Mm-hmm. Be happy, Scott. Very yeah. happy. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> I like the way that the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher is teaching in units, basically, and Sirius and James find the defense unit, the shielding unit, boring, Mm -hmm. so they don't learn things, and yet uh, Remus keeps using the shields against them because they've never learned them. Right. And it's like, see, you should have learned that shield. See? Learn that shield. Okay. Yeah. And at one point, when they're being mean to Peter, he just casts the shield charm on him. So it's not hard. Yeah. Basic shield charm. It's yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like the very end of whatever chapter this is that we're on. And James says, "We make a pretty good team." James sighs sleepily. "What say you, Black?" And Sirius's mouth curls into a slow smile. "I think you may be right, Potter. I almost always am," said James smugly. And mm-hmm. I can just see that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I had moved on to chapter five already, but that's all right. I know, but I was holding that in reserve. So there's always, see, it's like when you have fits like this that are said in the past, there's always moments where it's like, bum, bum, bum. Like, I feel like there's like a, you know, there's some sort of music where it's, they say such a, um, 
such an essential to canon line, and I feel like this is one of those moments. Mm-hmm. And McGonagall gives the worst detention ever and stops them from going to see Quidditch. <laughs> they have to do laundry. Evil. Yep. And you kind of uh, then their whole dialogue while they're doing laundry, you just kind of see what their different lifestyle is. Even though they're considered both two pure blood families, but the different lifestyles between one compared to the other. Mm-hmm. It's, Sirius it's, doesn't it's, quite get the whole thing about Quidditch because they never went, so he isn't as big a fan as James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and James is just Quidditch crazy. Yep. Sorry. Which is interesting because Draco is, you know, into Quidditch. You know, I feel like, so it's not like, you know, all pure-blood families thought they were beneath them. Or I feel like if Lucius, I feel like, do you think Lucius is as bad as the Blacks? Like, do you consider them to be the same? Yes. So, I, yeah. In some ways, but Draco... Someone say Draco ...gets treated differently because he's the only one. Mm-hmm. He's the heir mm-hmm. and he's their only child and he gets everything. Whereas Sirius probably got that for a while, but... Now they have Regulus, and also Sirius goes out of his way to be annoying, so he doesn't get the same consideration. Right. I like that um, McGonagall confronts them and says, you know, what do you boys have to say for yourself? James says, sorry? <laughs> McGonagall snorts. <laughs> sorry you were caught, no doubt. <laughs> I thought that was great. Mm, and- they have to try really hard not to grin. Right. And I have never known first year students to cause such mayhem. And all I could think of was just wait, there's more coming. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the Weasley twins will be there soon. <laughs> yes. Those are the only ones that I felt it was, I don't know. It, it's interesting to see because it's kind of a foreshadowing the future, I guess. But on the other hand, making Gideon and Fabian so like Fred and George almost felt like a letdown, because they are very, very similar. They are. And I did put that in my notes, too. Especially the, you know... It, but twin speak would be twin speak, I think, in with any twins. But she yeah. does do that. And of course, I don't catch that, because I'm listening to it on the text reader, and you can't tell who's saying it, but when I went and took notes last night, I could see the, the twin speak mm-hmm better and i was like oh yeah this is just like fred and george you know where they're finishing each other's sentences and stuff i also thought it was an interesting detail that james has a nimbus 1000 just another little callback to the canon so it took them however i'm too drunk to do math but it took them that many years to get to 2000 and then the next year they come up with 2001 there must have been a major change i don't expect they went like 1000, 1001, 1002 all the way through. I expect it's more like computer things where you get the version yeah, 1.1, 1.3 and so forth. It's, it's but you hard don't necessarily to think know. right now. <laughs> I'm sure she probably <laughs> Aren't you glad I'm guys? Don't you got... Oh my god, you <laughs> <call. laughs> Don't you Yes, we're very I'm glad with... you're Gus. Okay, thank you, Scott. <laughs> I'm not sure who Gus is, but we're glad you are. Who's Gus? I'm glad you're with I'm I think aren't you guys glad I'm with you on your season premiere? Yes, yeah, ties in with Rena being on season three's finale. Yeah, it's like parallel. Is it a parallel? Is it synchronicity? What's synchronicity? Is that a real word? Yeah, it's a real word. Okay. It's a good word. I'm not entirely <laughs> it's, sure it's what it like, means. It's like the thing where it would be bum bum bum. <laughs> And then we have Trisha, <laughs> who's got the hiccups. <laughs> what? Was she got a hiccup I heard a minute ago? It sounded like a hiccup. 
<laughs> no. No, she's just being the, the little engine that could. <laughs> she's whistling. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Okay. I'm probably worse. <laughs> I'm just enjoying it. Yes. Thank you. You are. <laughs> yes. Who are but you talking to? Gideon and Navy and Workfoot was fun. It's mm-hmm. true. Even though they are very Fred and George-like, I guess that's probably where they got it, since they're supposed to be their uncles or something. Right. Well, you know what? They are very Fred and George, but the thing is, they're not at the same time. Where Fred and George wanted to get laughs and joke and have a good time, Fabian and... What the, what the hell's the other one's name? Gideon. Gideon. Get, thank you. They're not like that. They're more... I don't know why I thought of Hardy Boys. Sue here. I went looking for a Hardy Boys clip, and I found this. Sorry, couldn't resist putting it in. Sunday, the Hardy Boys in a race with death. Then, a visitor from beyond all galaxies. Who are you? A demonic messiah with the power of life and death. This man is some kind of a god. Is this the end or a new beginning for Battlestar Galactica? Sunday on ABC. Mm-hmm. They're, They're explorers. They, they invent things which is the same, and they do like to find stuff out. But they're less about the pranks and more about just getting information. And they want to learn how to be good spies so they can be good aurors and stuff. But that doesn't come up until a few chapters from now. So at first, I was, I was kind of expecting them to be almost clones of the twins. And it was, I was I, expecting it, but I did. I saw a lot of similarities, but it wasn't that. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, hit the wrong button. <laughs> It has been known to happen. Yeah, it happened. Welcome back, P.S. Welcome. I'm, I'm going to get something else to drink. Oh, Welcome so. back to Potterfic Weekly. Please make it coffee. It's oh. not coffee. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> it's soda. Soda's good. That works. Soda's good. Okay. Yep, yep. You go for soda. So Gideon and Fabian yeah. wandered into the detention and showed them how to fix the robes and said... We've been thinking we would like protégés. Mm-hmm. What do you guys say? Because you, I, I have to say, I was kind of expecting them to give them the Marauders map <laughs> because it reminded me so much of the scene where Fred and George give Harry the Marauders map, and then I'm like, oh, they don't have the Marauders map because they're the Marauders and they haven't made it yet. Mm-hmm. It would have been fun it's if they the gave them just an ordinary map or something, and they took it. And, hey, oh my gosh, that'd be so cool! <laughs> that would be so cool. I've never seen that before. That would be that. I like that idea where it's like they give them an ordinary map of the school because you know a map with the secret passages and stuff. But they're the ones that make it magical. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun. I do like that they've found out about Aragog and Co. And apparently, Professor Flitwick writes steamy romance novels. Yes, and uh, various other interesting things that they've discovered. Yes, because they're discoverers. And Ludo Bagman doesn't care about his newts because he's already signed with the wasps. And, and uh, Amelia Bone sells weed. That's right. Magical weed. <laughs> it's even better. <laughs> yep. And she becomes the head of magical law enforcement. <laughs> Where is Death Girl when you need him? We're talking about Amelia Bones and smoking weed. I'm sure he would enjoy that. You think? I think uh, yes, he would. It's in his notes, actually. Is it? Yes. His notes say? Amelia Bones is growing pot. And <laughs> Lucius seduced Narcissa. <laughs> and earlier, he says, Gideon and Fabian Pruitt, I keep expecting these Fred George clones to start talking about pumping you up. I'm not entirely sure what he's referring to because I've missed the reference, but there you go. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, what was it? What was the reference? Pumping them up? Pumping you up? 
Oh, I don't know what that is. That sounds dirty, if I must say. <laughs> he does mention that Peter went along with James and Sirius at Frank and Remus didn't, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting point. Yeah, and but Peter didn't get in trouble because McGonagall knows that they kind of coerced him or talked him into it. So she only Poor really Peter. The, the other two. I know. And this becomes Peter's way into the group because he's now that they have this connection with Gideon and Fabian and they start exploring and doing mischief things, he kind of feels left out. Mm-hmm. And so he follows them at one point and ends up being their alibi. Yes. And that, that becomes his thing. Yeah. Yeah. He has an innocent face look. Yeah. And he's got that, you know, kind of personality. So when he walks up to uh, somebody and says, I'm lost and I don't know how to find my way, they believe him instead of going, You're pulling my leg and trying to hide somebody. They're like, Oh, okay, let's show you how to get home. (laughs) So. Yeah, he should have been the puppy. Yeah, he should have. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) What chapter are we on? Um, we are currently on chapter five, five. but we've been talking about okay. some stuff that happens later. I know. I just I haven't been turning the pages for a while. All right, I'm on chapter five. So we find out that the twins made Molly's clock. Yeah, that's neat. That's I like cool. that idea. I like that. Yeah, it's interesting that still working do you on think it, this implies it's a unique clock because I feel like that I read fix where it's a unique clock, and I read fix where it's like every wizarding family has a clock. I'm just only commenting because I'm reading a fig right now where um, Mrs. Fig has a clock about Harry. Oh, yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I think it's very unique to Molly's family. And I thought I thought it was a – I always – my impression was that universe. it was only a Weasley thing. That, like, they don't sell these clocks that are, like, programmable. Mm-hmm. We know that wizards have weird clocks of one sort or another because – Dumbledore's like watch, watch used to have right. planets and stuff on it. But the only one we've seen that does what the Weasley clock does is the Weasley clock. Oh, and, and she gives she gives Harry the watch of one of them. Um, doesn't she? Yeah, Tim Gideon's watch or something like that. Yeah. When he turns seventeen. Which is I an interesting connection to this. It is a great connection with this. It, it, it made me think of it and I couldn't remember if it was canon or fic. Because it's funny now that I now I think they're of them as people because I've read about them in this fic, so I like it even more. You know, it's like before you didn't even know them as characters, but they're characters in this story. So now I think of them as people. Mm-hmm. But the question is, are they good role models? Because they've taken the boys to see the naked painting. <laughs> I don't they know. are getting them to learn more defense spells, though. That is true. That's their barter. Yeah, thing. and I like that. And Every this- time we show you something cool, you have to learn a new spell. <laughs> And they learn about art. No, so there you go. They're learning about art. I, this is what Death Row was talking about when he left. And it says, all that stuff about Voldemort was a lot more interesting than some old naked painting, Sirius said. Sure, snorted James, but I bet Voldemort's tits aren't as nice as hers. I would be very scared if they were. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would be. Well, you didn't Something see a painting. Something went wrong with his cauldron. With the- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I've actually just recently read a fic where they did that, where I forget what else. Where Voldemort had great tits. But but they, not that exactly. But Harry had managed to figure out things were going on or something. And he and Cedric got out of the line of fire when he was going to kill Despair and then stole Wormtail's wand. So tied Wormtail up. So the sort of mutant baby Voldemort is just sort of helpless and can't do anything and is yelling at them. And they somehow 
I don't know if it's something that Cedric knows or if there's some other power that they had or something that was helping them. I can't remember what the context was, but they figure out what this potion is for and how you would activate it. And Harry wants to know what would happen if the enemy's blood was willingly given, but the servant's flesh wasn't because Wormtail's knocked out and they change what the bones are. And he puts in, I think it turns out to be squirrel bones instead of Tom Riddle Sr.'s bones. So we end up with a squirrel mort. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah, and uh, he dresses him up in a red cap and sweater with a V on it, like uh, Alvin the Chipmunk. <laughs> and all, all all the Muggleborns fall over laughing, and Ron's like, "What? What's the point of the sweater?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I'll have to find that. I can't remember where it was, but yeah. Yeah. We move on to chapter six. Mm-hmm. And Remus is being driven mad by his roommates. Yes. Poor Remus. Remus. I felt so bad for Remus because they would have driven me mad too. I I thought they were really obnoxious. Oh, yeah. oh, I did too. I wanted to punch them all. He actually thought it was better when Sirius was being sulking and stuck up and not talking. Because <laughs> then at least he mostly left him alone. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have to worry about Peter because he was hanging out with James instead. Yeah. But now that the two of them are friends, they spend the ch- their time picking on Peter and he has to step in. And Yeah, yeah, he feels compelled to step in. He would have made a good Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Remus would make a good of good lots of different things. That's I think. true. That's very true. He's like I Harry that way. Love that they keep taking his notes without asking. Especially since... Yes. And they return him all mangled and crunched and, you know. He has to redo Oh, that them. made me so furious. Poor Remus. Because he likes his notes to be neat. Yes. Which is... I know. I can totally sympathize with him. Yes, so can I. This infuriating. Absolutely infuriating. He needs one. He needs a clipboard that's magical that, like, snaps their fingers. Ooh, <laughs> that would be, just, that would be great. Just like, um... Keeps all the pages smooth. Hmm. <laughs> kind of like the thing that Hagrid got Harry, the wallet. Yeah, there you go. Was that in canon? Yes. Well, he got him a little bag. He got him a wallet. Okay, Uh, I'll have to look that up. I can't remember that. For his birthday. I don't remember which birthday, though. I think it's in book seven. Oh, I thought that was uh, a a bag. bag, It was something that snaps at you. Well, he got him the book that snaps at you. The monster book of monsters. I don't think that was what she was talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about a change purse or something. <laughs> Harry's purse. Yes. Harry's man purse. It's a man purse. As long as it's, it's a not a fanny pack, we're good to go. I think purse hey, is I got one of those. British English anyway. So. But, Trisha, in England, a fanny is not a fanny. <laughs> so, back to this fic. He's writing a letter to his sister because he misses her. And, and talking he's... about how annoying everybody's being and... That he and Lily went hunting for potions, ingredients, and various other things that have happened. Right. He decides that Sirius is just being deliberately annoying because the other day he found him reading one of Remus's books, and he knows he's not at all interested in books. Right. <laughs> but, and yeah. he he does he is quite annoying in this scene. Remus asks him if he's seen his defense notes, and he says probably. Mm-hmm. Either you've mean, seen probably. them or you haven't. <laughs> yeah. That would work earlier. if he. That'd work James. if he asked him if he knew where they were. Mm-hmm. Then 
he has an idea, but he doesn't know. Right. But whether he's seen them or not, yes, he's seen them. He just doesn't have them anymore. You know, it's a grammatical weirdness that doesn't quite work. But oh well, it's serious, so who knows? Do Probably you think doesn't. You could ask me next time. You were asleep. <laughs> you just hear Remus's teeth grinding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he likes him. Yeah. This is why Sirius is so annoying because he likes him. And I do like it's just as annoying for Remus, but I like their conversations they keep having when they actually manage to catch Remus speaking in sentences mm-hmm. because he's so quiet mm-hmm. all the time. Oh, that drove that drove me nuts. I mean, that would have driven me nuts if I were Remus. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely annoying for him, but I can definitely see where it's funny too. So yeah, well he. You know, it's like Remus is drawn into the conversation against his will. And then he's like, dang, I didn't want to get into this conversation. And I love Sirius. He talks when I sit on his bed. Bounce, 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 bounce. <laughs> and he just Remus Remus immediately snaps his jaw shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking anymore. Get away. Speak. I will not speak. And they're talking about Narcissa because we found out that uh, Lucius talked his way into Narcissa's pants. And then... I was going to say, taking her virtue. Okay. So he told on her, and his parents wrote back and said, how could you be telling such vicious rumors and lies? And he's all upset because they won't believe him. And now they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out a way to catch her in the act or something. Yeah, I just like how proof. Remus really puts his foot in and she goes, she's probably on the birth control potion. They're like, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> just heard Ben Popfrey talking about it in the hospital wing sometime. Oops. Yeah. yeah. What is the fic where they're all, oh, is it Barb's trilogy where, like, everybody has a baby? Like, Harry's in the uh, hospital wing and he keeps seeing these girls come in to have babies. Yes. I know which one you're talking about. Oh! Lavender Brown, maybe? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, uh, I remember. And one, of them, one of them is Katie Bell. I remember that vividly. Mm-hmm. He's in the hospital wing. I'm... And he comes, he hears Katie Bell come in and have a baby. Yeah. Because they, they hid the pregnancy? Like, they kept it magically hidden? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, I remember that like, vaguely, but I don't know. I can't remember. So, listeners, come to Butterfic Weekly yes. and give us... Tell us what it was. Tell P.S. what the fic was. Yep. I mean, I won't give points for this, but I'll give points for the other thing at the beginning of the episode. I mean it. If somebody <laughs> Do you remember what something. it was? It was finding the episode where we talked about the whatchamacallit. Oh, well, that's helpful. <laughs> Which whatchamacallit uh, were we talking about? It's been recorded <laughs> earlier, so we'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to know. It was the road. The roads that one road goes, the road goes north and south halfway in Massachusetts. <laughs> there's a road that goes north and there's a road that goes south. Oh, God, it's the same road. <laughs> <laughs> cut okay. this out. Please cut this out, so please. <laughs> we'll probably cut everything except that phrase. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to cut that and I'm going to put it at the very beginning. And we do want to know what she wants us to cut out, but we'll just have that part. He goes down to borrow Lily's notes again. And obviously this has happened enough that she's like, Potter or Black? Yeah. <laughs> Both this time, but mostly Black. And he enjoys Lily's company because she doesn't drive him mad. Mm. But Snape doesn't like that 
she invites Remus to hang out too, because Snape has very, very strong feelings for her. And she is his. Thank you very much. Yeah. He's a little possessive. He, yeah, just a little. That's amazing. I'm sorry, being a Snape fan as I am, I'm just like, he wasn't that crazy. Then I'm thinking to myself, yeah, he is that crazy, so. <laughs> Depends on which Snape you're looking at, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he's not that crazy. So... We move into uh, Chapter 7, and the Pruitts are taking them on adventures as long as they learn spells, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. What you doing, P.S.? What? I said, what you doing? (laughs) I don't remember. Okay. There's a fuzzy scraping sound. It sounded like you were sweeping the floor. I was counting on my fingers, but I don't remember what I was counting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, God, I want to stay so bad. Go ahead. We'll call you You what? No, I'm Enough like, I want to talk. stay and listen, listen to this whole conversation, but I'm so tired. Oh, well. We've only got one, two, two chapters two left. chapters to go. Yeah, let's okay. do it. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Okay. So they're gonna take- Remus inadvertently gives them the idea to get Peeves to steal things for them or find proof for them or something, and it really doesn't work. No very well at all. Oh, they end up in owning Myrtle's Eves. bathroom instead and get in trouble again. Eves isn't allowed in certain places. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, that's sort of canon. It does. In that Peeves couldn't be in the Great Hall for one of the... Uh, the feasts. The they feasts, didn't let him in for that. Right. But and it wasn't... McGonagall did manage to pitch him out of a classroom at one point, but I got the impression that was more her than anything particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought the feast was more the Bloody Baron than anything else. But I think they used the Bloody Baron to, to, to control him, but everybody has. Mm-hmm. Everybody tells the Bloody Baron what to do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was more like the special feasts and things he wasn't allowed in for, but the other things he could if he wanted to or something. But I guess we never actually see him causing havoc in the Great Hall, which he probably would if given the chance. So. No, especially with food. Hello. Yeah, but Dumbledore's also food there, and Dumbledore can control him. So that's true. So and he takes the opportunity to go places where nobody is and bug Filch instead. Well, that's much more fun. Yeah. So they're gonna break into Slucky's booze cabinet. Yes. That's mean. <laughs> they only get one drink each, though. Yeah, the younger. They boys. are eleven. <laughs> But boy, they pick up some nice ones. And then we learn about Helga and her yellow knickers. Yes, which is wonder very if they're Wonder if they're nicer than Harry's knickers. Probably, but you never know. It's a folk song, so there's all sorts of things going on. There is. I like the little section where they're practicing their various spells because they want to go on more adventures. And Sirius says, you should be pleased. You're always saying how we should study and practice more. And Rima says, I didn't necessarily mean on me. <laughs> yeah, he keeps getting disarmed and he's just sick of it. Yeah. yeah. And then they get back to the dorm room and they're just, you know, drunk as skunks. And mm-hmm. Sirius- I don't really think they're drunk, but they seem to be. Yeah. <laughs> they can be high on life. Uh, okay. Or fire. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. She knows a thing or two, so. Yeah. Sirius grabs Remus to dance him around, and Remus sends a jolt of electricity through him. Ah! And he says, I don't like to be touched. (laughs) And it's like, okay. I think okay, it meant something else. What is it with the founder's pants? Meant something else, Remus. It meant something else. (laughs) You'll find out when you're older. What is, uh, what about the pants, Trisha? Honestly, I hear all about, but, like, Merlin's pants 
Slytherin's pants. I didn't hear anything uh, about Slytherin's pants. What have you heard about Slytherin's pants? I says, what in the name of Slytherin's pants? He gasped. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is it with the thing that everybody has to be with his pants? I got, what was it? Merlin's um, tidy whities or no, Y-fronts. Saggy Y-fronts. Yeah. What is it with people's underwear in these specs? They're 11. <laughs> All right, fine. Sorry, I went off rant. <laughs> you have a point, but the, this is their great big giant swear is talking about the founders' underpants. Pants. Pants. So they kind of all go to bed after that because they don't really know what to do after the jolt. And then, of course, the next day, Remus is already gone. Yes. But and Sirius is now on the case. Yes. He must know what is going on. Dun, 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 dun. But it's yeah. the full moon, and so Remus is having a really bad day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not concentrating, he's mixing up potions, he's not taking notes. And mm-hmm. After lunch, Remus and Lily go for a walk outside, and he starts to follow him, but it's dang cold outside, so he goes back in and waits for him, because that's easier. <laughs> He like bounces up next to him and follows him to class and he just talks, you know, stupidly like he hasn't been standing there waiting for him all along. And he just barely refrains from saying, we're here when they walk in the door. And he's just thinking to himself, could you be more of an idiot? Yep. And he tries to talk to James and Peter about it, but they're being as oblivious as he was before this point and have no idea what's going on. So, um, yeah. Haven't noticed anything different. No. (laughs) He's just being himself. You know, we never notice him. And then Snape stops them after class because he was waiting in the library for them and they didn't show up. Mm -hmm. And she didn't show up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he gets all high and mighty. Well, if you're not going to tell me, I'll send you my schedule and you can send me yours and we can coordinate that way. If you're not going to speak to me and you're not going to tell me what, you know. And it's just like, oh, grow up. <laughs> yeah, then he has class and Jilly, um, Jilly. Oh my gosh. Lily. Lily. Just, thank you. <laughs> uh, Lily's pretty much is like his mom. Wow. And it's just like, you know what? He told, didn't he tell you? And he's like, no, but I never asked either. It's like she was pretty much told him what's going on with his life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Boy, did that make no sense. Yeah, you guys. Yes, excuse is that my mom is ill and serious. Never thought of that. Oh, okay. So the weirdness is no longer weird. Right. Except he and James have challenged the, each other to a broom challenge. What do we call yep. this? They've they want to see who's the better flyer. Challenge. Yeah, well, yeah. that's why I'm trying to figure this out. They want to see who's the better flyer and... Of course, James beats him solidly, so now he's in a bad mood, and he's going to go up and clean up, and he walks in Remus, just getting out of the shower, and sees all the scars. Yeah. And Remus is like, do you mind? And he kind of goes back away, but he starts thinking about it even more. Mm -hmm. And now he's thinking that he's been abused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he doesn't want him to go home over Christmas, because what if something happens to him there, and that's what's going on? Yeah. And he tries to talk to him about it, but he won't. He ends up just offering him his astronomy notes instead. Which makes Remus kind of happy. Yeah. So and perplexed. Except then he mentions the moon, and that's awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he just doesn't know why. And the next thing is they're trying to get Remus off the couch to go do something, and they're not even breaking any rules. They're just going to go see Hagrid. And it's supposed to be really amazing. Everything's twice the size. It's just come out and do something. So he finally gives in, and mm-hmm. they go off to see Hagrid. And he has a problem with Hagrid's current dog, because animals don't like him. 
Fuzzball. This dog's name is Fuzzball, yes. So I imagine he must be Fang's huge. predecessor. Yeah, but he's going to be he's fuzzy. He's probably a Pyrenees or something. I was expecting Pekingese, yeah. Oh, no, he can't be a Pekingese. No, not a Pekingese. I would squish him dead quick. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, no, see, what happens is he, when they're this huge dog, he says how gentle they are. What if he, he was going on and on and on about how fierce this dog was and it's the fiercest dog in the world and it's his little Pekingese. Um, that would just be wrong. So wrong. Yeah, and they once they're at Hagrid's, they start talking about the Shrieking Shack. Which I was kind of... Uh, when I kind of got the impression that the Shrieking Shack had been well known to be quote-unquote haunted before Remus, I thought they, they picked up... I thought Dumbledore put in there because it was a haunted house. It was a good, you know, hiding place. He did say when he was explaining in Prisoner of Azkaban that the shrieks and such that the villagers used to hear were all made by him. So Okay, so maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I but thought he said he had like the exist. ghost say that it was um, from other ghosts or something like that. I thought they actually had the shack built for him, but in this universe at least it was a house that was already no, there. No, I always thought it was there. Yeah. I just thought I it. thought it was there, just know what it's just abandoned. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think that Dumbledore started the rumors that it was haunted once Remus started going. That makes sense. He really yeah. played up on it. So. And he's really trying not to contribute to this discussion mm-hmm. and uh, concentrating far too much on Hagrid's rock cakes. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to go investigate. He's just like, oh, please, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be sneaking off grounds for something like that. And the twins uh, are deciding he's a potential prefect. At first, you're perfect. Yeah. yeah, but Hagrid's like, you know, the lad's not wrong. Don't you be doing that. Don't you be going after that dodgy-looking place. Could fall down at any moment. You never know. Yeah. So he changes the subject to who's staying for Christmas. And Remus is going home, but the others, well, Remus and the twins are going home, but the others are staying. Because mm-hmm. Molly just had Bill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sirius declares he's not going home, and James isn't either because he's decided to stay with Sirius, at which point Peter says, oh yeah, I'm staying too. Yep. Which uh, I guess it sounds like he had already planned because he'd written to his mother and stuff, but um, in the conversation, it sounds like he's coming up with it at that moment because right. yeah. they're staying. I don't know. And I like the twins. We're going to go see Molly because she'll scold us, but then she'll feed us up. <laughs> she'll stuff <laughs> yep. us silly. So. <laughs> and we, as Sirius acts like a fool, because it's snowing. Sirius is their answer to Jen. <laughs> he is. <laughs> snow! I love snow! At which point Rebus hits him with a snowball. Right. And they're like, ooh, we should put me and Lupin's tea more often. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like there was much snow to be a snowball with, but I guess he did enough. I love after Remus leaves for the holidays, Sirius steals his old jumper and wears it because he's yes. cold. Mm-hmm. None cold, of his cold, cold. Um, nice clothes are actually warm clothes. Right. And he uh, bounces on James' bed because he's being obnoxious and mm-hmm. up really early. Yes, presents! Get up, get up, get up! And he hexed poor Peter because mm. he couldn't open the presents early. This is the only point so far that when James and Sirius have really been Harry and Ron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except, of course, James is not surprised by having presents. No. His parents give the best presents, in fact. Yes, they do. And he's talked them into sending a new scarf for Sirius. And I love her concept of the scarves. We haven't talked about this. Yes, that was so cool. 
you buy this scarf that's all the different colors before you come to school and then when you get sorted you say the name of the house you get sorted into and it turns into that scarf and i just the rest of the scarf the colors go away actually that's the kind of house scarf my mother has because one year for christmas she knitted everybody in the family their appropriate house scarf and then all this leftover yarn she knitted herself a scarf that was all the colors Very nice. So you can tell her she just needs to set it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because in, scarf, I guess. In the beginning, after James and Sirius became friends, they burned Sirius's Slytherin, Slytherin scarf. scarf. Yes. <laughs> so he needed it. Mm-hmm. And James has also convinced his parents to send Peter a box of chocolate frogs because Peter will share them. Right. <laughs> Whether he wants to or not, he will share them. <laughs> yeah. And I love that the Pruitt brothers left them the password to the prefix bathroom. Yes. Because you can go and have fun. I'm also very glad that it's a different like password than the one we heard in Goblet. <laughs> obviously it would be. Yeah. At least they changed. It makes you you feel more secure that they changed the password. <laughs> Fine yeah. fresh. And Reg does try to he does. extend the hand a little bit. He gives him a cloak clasp, but Sirius is still too put off. Mm-hmm. He's sulking a little bit. And Peter gets a new puff skin pet. Or he misses he, the, his reaction to the fact that there's an animal in the in the room is initial horror because they don't like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. They go out to and have has- a snowball fight because it's snowing again. And the Hathersage girls come out because one of them's got a new broom. And so they... Engage the girls in a snowball fight. Mm-hmm. They just have including this. dive bombing from the room, which is fun. Yeah, you can tell she's a Quidditch player. Mm-hmm. She's the chaser. And then when they're all well, when the boys are all sopping wet, they troop up and enjoy the bathroom. <laughs> Yay! All sorts of fun things. Mm-hmm. They don't notice the mermaid. I wonder if it's there or not. I don't know. It might not Eight be yet. Boy. I suppose. Then they go, they go back up and have a good time. And after having a good time in there, they go into the go. Where did they go? They went back to their uh, common room mm-hmm. and Sirius Burns Lupin's jumper. And they have a feast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they go down to the feast. And then Sirius decides he's going to write Remus a letter because he's worried about him. And he tells James why he's worried that he'd seen the scars. And James is like, is this really going to help? And he decides it really won't do anything at this point. Right. So he doesn't do it. And James calls him mate. And he says, am I really your best mate? And he says, who else? Scott, Did Pierce right? just fall down? No, no I'm Scott. here. I'm okay. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, Scott? What was that? Yes. Scott is the that most was... composed of any of us, and Scott was the one that made the loudest noise. <laughs> Scott fell down. <laughs> I stepped on my micro my headset cord, and it fell on the floor. Oh, yeah, that will uh, Yeah. I was going to say, you got a new one. You're not supposed to be having these troubles like you were having before. So, uh, what were you saying? They decided they're mates, and then Remus... She means serious. ...starts telling James about Remus's scars. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, Sirius wants to know if he's really his best mate, and he's never had one before. And James is wondering what it's like to have a brother because he doesn't have one of those. Mm-hmm. But Sirius thinks it's better. Yeah, and then they fall asleep. They fall asleep, and that's as far as we're gonna go tonight. So Trisha can go to bed. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so Trisha, do you want to say what you think first, and then you can leave it, us? Um, it was it was interesting. It's not what I expected. Blood 
like we said in the beginning, I was glad that to see like these characters have individuals. They're not just like Ron, Hermione, and the twins and stuff like that. They have their own personalities. Mm-hmm. So, but she did her homework in this, and you can tell. Yeah, and they are coming at things from different directions, like having Sirius actually bothered about not being in Slytherin and all of that kind of things. Mm-hmm. P.S.? Thoughts? I think this fic is great. It's Marauder fics are just one of my favorite genres of all time, and so I'll read, you know, a lot of them, even if they're not so good. But this one is really great. It does a lot of different things. It's one of the most unique takes I've seen lately. It has a lot of concepts that I've never seen done before, and I'm really glad because, you know, after a while, even if you like the cliches, they can get stale. But I think this is just great because it she takes the old, you know, tropes and she reworks them in a completely different way and she just has just different ideas that everybody hasn't thought of before and that is really refreshing when you've been in this fandom for 10 years and everything is boring. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it was very well done, I think. I like everything that's gone on so far. Some of the things were a little weird. Like I said, it seemed like Sirius being that sure of Slytherin would be more likely to go there, and she just had to put him in Gryffindor because that's what Canon did. Mm-hmm. And Gideon and Fabian are a little too Fred and George-like to begin with, but they certainly have their own directions they're going with things, too, so they're not exactly the same. And I'll be interested to see what comes of the dreams and some of the other things and where that shows up again and yeah yeah i can't remember it's been so long since i've read this i don't remember what comes of that in the first year because i'm pretty sure she's planning on writing more of the years a number of years yeah yeah i'll definitely be looking forward to reading the last half for next week so yeah yeah well, like I said, I found this and was reading it as she was posting it and uh, really liked it. I, I liked the concept. I liked the characters a lot and just the different things that she's put in, you know, like P.S. said, that there's just different twists and she comes at it in a different way. I love the, the whole scarf thing where you get to say it and it turns into the your house colors and just the interactions and the people. I think she did a really good job, you know, getting how these characters really are going to mesh together. And I like the mm-hmm. concept that Peter and Sirius were friends first and that they yeah. weren't all friends on the train. So mm-hmm. they're going to draw a very reluctant Lupin into their group slowly but surely, I have a feeling. Yeah, I, I, the, I mean, the, you know, the, be the um, bringing in Lupin, Remus, mm-hmm. <laughs> gradually instead of having him, you know, jump in with all four of them. Because it makes sense, I mean, he was told to to stay to 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 stay away from people, and he was told that being a werewolf, he was supposed to not trust anybody, and he was supposed to keep to himself so that nobody else would discover his secret. I mean, that's just not something that I've ever mm-hmm. seen in fic before. Yeah. It fits well with his personality this way. Yeah, you even see it in canon too that his, he's he's more reserved of all of them. I mean, like in the Snape flashback scene of him sitting back, not really, not telling them no, but he's not getting involved in it, mm-hmm. keeping his mm-hmm. nose in a book and stuff. And I like how some of them are both noticing odd things and yet not figuring it out right away. And I don't know, having not read the last half, but I wouldn't be 
dismayed if they don't figure it out at all in the first year, because I think they're only supposed to figure it out in third year or something like that. So I don't know what will happen that way, but it'll be interesting to see how it Did does come out. Did you say in canon when they figure it out versus when they completed the Animagus? Because I think I thought that they had figured it out and then they got the idea to become Animagi, and then they had to go through all the training. So it's a multi-year process. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. But I don't know when exactly the years, what years correspond with that. But I agree that it was a multi-year. It took a bit of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm, I'm definitely interested in this fic. It's not one I've read before, so it's nice to come across. And I think it's a good one for us to cover. And okay. We'll have to see what happens next week. Well, stay tuned, and it probably won't be (laughs) next week for you guys, but it will be next week for us. So It will be (laughs) (laughs) soon-ish. You'll come back and and listen to the second half when it gets released. So thank you. And I've gone back and started listening to season one, and in season one, Ryan's constantly saying, if you like what you're hearing, please drop by the forum and come in and say hi. So the headmistress compels you because you actually have the headmistress of the forum on this podcast, and she's saying that you should come by the forum and sign up and tell us about yourself and join in the fun because it is a really fun place to be. And I'm sure if you you are sitting out there in listener land and you want to know more about us and you want to hang out with us because we are there. You can hang out with us. You can talk to us. We will become your friends and it will be awesome and we'll all be happy. I think she's a Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Aw. Yes, that warms the cockles of my cold, cold heart. <laughs> We're glad that we can uh, do that for you. Yes. <laughs> What is a cockle, anyway? Well, I don't, I don't I think no anyone idea. really knows these days. We'll have to find out. I think I'll Google like it. We've got a oh my gosh, up it's, anyway, so. it's a bivalve. It's a bivalve. So it's like part of your heart. It's the chambers of your heart. There you go. Oh, there you go. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. You never know what you'll find out at Potter Weekly. Not yes, entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> An educational moment brought to you by P.S. The Ravenclaw. There we go. Is that not good? That's very good. All right. Okay, well, good night, everybody. Good night. Yay. Yay, we did it. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.